Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Double Twist, Audible for Amazon, all that good stuff. Thank you once and always for joining me. It is a great pleasure to be with you once again today as we will get started once and for all for a new NFL season. That's right, it is the 2021 Minnesota Vikings and NFL season preview. So as per usual, we like to do a three-segment show in this first situation. So first segment is usually Minnesota Vikings, generally like all Vikings preview. And then segment number two is NFL preview, predictions, stuff like that, conference final, Super Bowl, and Section number three is what? What's section number three? That's right, fan interaction. So it'll be a big pleasure to get that rocking and rolling. We're going to open up with who's not on the Minnesota Vikings. Might as well do that. Guys that got cut over the course of time. Some of them kind of surprising. Some of them not really. Of course, Case Cookus obviously was brought in for a minute there during the whole situation with, you know, Kirk Cousins not, you know, Kirk Cousins being a, 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 a a contact, not the index contact. The index contact was killing Mon. That's a that's a COVID nineteen thing. You know the index contact, and then the the primary contact was uh, possibly Kirk Cousins. So of course they were not available. And then uh, Mr. Jake Browning just turned things up. He was so spectacular. He was unbelievable, and uh, it didn't mean anything. It was just practice. So it was just kind of scrimmaging. So yeah, that's why Jake Browning. We'll talk about him in a little bit here. Minnesota Vikings end up. Uh, yep, yeah, we eventually ended up reinstating. Kellen Mond and Myron Mitchell, who unfortunately was cut later on. The cuts got started around the 15th. Turner Bernard, Bernard, a center, was cut. Jordan Brailford, who I thought was pretty solid in the little time he got to play. Added a little pass rush last season. Cut. That kind of sucks. Defensive end. Riley Patterson. They say he was cut on the 16th. I think it was a little later, though. They must have brought him right back. Um, But, yeah, Riley Patterson, we didn't get to see him once in the preseason. We got to see... Greg Joseph attempting a few kicks. Uh, not so great from anywhere beyond the 50-yard line. In fact, he missed all of those. So, I don't know. I don't think he's going to last through the season. That's just my guess. Best of luck. I mean, he was good in front of the 50. So, I I guess so. I mean, Gary Anderson didn't have the greatest leg later in his career. Fuadrevez was kind of all over the place. And then all of a sudden, he started making the long ones. And then he had a career-ending type of injury, which it would have been a surgery and a rehab that would have taken eternity. So, uh, Fuadrevez... Uh, just ended up retiring the same day pretty much that Kirby Puckett did back in 96. Pretty crazy. Yeah, that's my memory right there. Just straight off memory on that one, of course. That's just kind of how I roll. Let's get back to where I need to be. I almost called him Corey Joseph. Can you believe that? Uh, That's a basketball player, but yeah, that's just great. Isn't Isn't that great what I did there? Uh, Now I'm kind of thrown off a little bit. Got to get back to right. (laughs) Blake Prowell, yep. So Ricky Prowell's son, Gone, unfortunately. Amari Henderson, cornerback. Uh, Dylan Mabin, cornerback, gone. Warren Jackson, gone on the 22nd. Ido Smith from the uh, Arizona Cardinals, but actually played for Atlanta last season. He was okay. He was a nice, solid kind of second, third running back. He was he was signed on the 23rd. Christian Ellison. I thought he was decent in the games. Christian Ellis was caught. Danny Etling. He was another one of those guys that was just kind of, you know, there to help out. Jordan Scott, defensive tackle, cut. Everson Griffin was signed from Detroit. Yep, Everson Griffin's back with the Vikings. He wore number 58, and he got a sack versus Kansas City, and we'll continue where we went from there. Cam Smith, who went from the open heart surgery about a year and a half, about two years ago, 
ended up announcing his retirement. So he just said, nah, it's, it's not worth it. He's a linebacker. It was cool seeing him in the preseason, but uh, ultimately ends up retiring at a young age. Elvin K. I'll just call him K because it's a very interesting name. Kaiser Zick was cut. He was a tackle. Riley Patterson ultimately cut on the 25th. Never got to kick a single time in the preseason. I heard he was not good in practice, so that's just how that goes, unfortunately. Cole Cabril, cool name, center cut, and Nito Smith cut on the 28th. Zendre Johnson, defensive tackle cut. They pretty much waited on the cuts. It's crazy. Harrison Smith was re-signed for four-year extension, $64 million, through 2025. Harry, the hitman, actually was Harry now. He's got long hair. Uh, <clears throat> Jake Browning, who was hideous. Frickin' bleepin' awful in all three preseason games. Just, yeah, he was awful. Uh, he's not your backup. In fact, he's the fourth stringer or third stringer or whatever the heck he is. I guess he's the fourth stringer. He, he was cut and was required to the practice squad. We'll get back to that in a moment. Kyle Hinton, guard cut. Perry Nickerson, cornerback cut. Kenny Will, 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 Willikies. Well, G. Willikies. G. Willikers. G. Willikies. Yeah, that was cute. Was it a defensive end cut? Shane Zilstra, tight end cut. Uh, Chad Beebe cut, but it's more of an injury type of thing. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with him. It's not like a cut cut. Luther Kirk, safety cut. Nate Stanley going to, no, I think he was uh, ultimately completely cut. Yes. A.J. Rose Jr., who was very solid in the preseason. Another running back. Uh, very solid running back in the preseason, but it's almost like, <laughs> I guess, you know. Interesting situation, but of course, yep, you have the draft pick from Iowa, but also he's beat up, he's injured too. He's going to miss at least three games, if not the whole year. Zach Bailey, guard cut. Chris Herndon traded for uh, the 2020, uh, 2022 fourth round pick and a sixth round. Uh, so we gave him, we gave the fourth round pick to the Jets. We get Chris Herndon, a tight end, and a sixth round pick from the New York Jets. The New York Jets, and ultimately, uh, the reason for that acquisition, of course, I think most of you know already, is, well, the minute I saw it, and, you know, he was getting interviewed during the Chiefs game. Obviously, he had already played, and I didn't see any pain on it. I don't know. I'm so confused as to what was going on. But uh, unless I got the weeks mixed up here, Irv Smith was being interviewed, looked totally fine, looked ready to go, looked pumped, all set for the season. And then uh, the news comes out, the next day that it's a meniscus. Uh, uh, just meniscus. That's always... And, and of course, at his age, he's not going to do the, let's just do a little snippy snippy, you know, and say hell with the rest of it. And, you know, let, let's get back. Let's get back to play in four weeks. Why would he do that? It's like his third year in the league. He's, he's just getting started for Pete's sake. So, of course, we, you know, and of course the damage was enough as well that he needed the full-on surgery and adios amigo. Unless the Vikings get to the NFC title game, apparently, that would be the uh, return week. Uh, projected for Irv Smith's return. He's, he's not a basketball player. See, like a basketball player, he might come back by 2024, possibly, it, but he also might need load management half of the season as well. But, uh, you know, he, he'd play every other week, you know. That's that's NBA play. You know, kind of like Percy Harvin. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay, Dakota Dozier cut. He had a terrible, hideous, freaking awful first preseason game and was okay the rest of the way, but ultimately was cut, which is a relief for a lot of Minnesota Viking fans. Now a couple of semi-surprises and bigger surprises coming up here. Dakota Dozier, so yep, and no uh, practice squad or anything like that. And of course at age 30-ish, he's not going to be on a practice squad, though I suppose that is possible with some guys coming up. Mercules, no, Hercules Mata Hoffa, that bad Mata Hoffa ultimately is, has been cut. 
Ty Smith, cut. Hmm. Myron Mitchell, cut. Amir Abdullah, cut. That kind of sucks. Uh, Drew Samia, cut. He was a, he was not good. Right guard, obviously. Andrew DePola was cut. Everson Griffin was cut. But he was brought back the next day. Some kind of paperwork thing. Maybe just because they wanted to change his number to 97. Him and... Uh, Tomlinson were working that out. Uh, they just wanted to change. They just wanted to work with something, you know. They they wanted to work the paperwork or something. Jake Vargas cut. Whoop. Uh, Jake Vargas running back. Whoop. Philor wide receiver cut. Tough Borland linebacker cut. Zach Davidson, you know, a little bit of a name there. Tight end cut. Miles Dorn, safety cut. Um, AJ Rose Jr. was added to the practice squad. Miles Dorn added to the practice squad. Amir Abdullah added to the practice squad. Excuse me. Dakota Dozier was added to the practice squad. That's like an emergency thing. Supposedly he wasn't later on though. Ty Smith, practice squad. Kenny Willikers, no Willikies, practice squad. Zach Bailey, practice squad. Kyle Hinton, practice squad. Ben Elverson acquired, a tight end acquired from a waiver from Jacksonville. Okay, so another little death. Uh, depth, not death, depth. Sorry. Jalen Holmes ultimately was cut after that. Jake Vargas, running back, practice squad. Myron Mitchell, practice squad. Perry Nickerson and Everson Griffin reacquired again. Tough Borland was added to the practice squad. Uh, Andrew DePola was brought back, so I guess that's not surprising because of the tight end situation. And then we cut Britton Colquitt after everything, and we're all ready to go here. Britton Colquitt gets cut. Okay. Um, okay, he wasn't that great in the preseason, but, geez, was he that bad? Uh, he's like one of the most reliable punters in the league, one of the best holders. You know, I really liked the guy, so I wasn't too happy about that. Whoop Taylor added to the practice squad. whoop de doo right? Okay, sorry, Zach Davidson, practice squad. And then here's the biggest whoop de doo of them all, because obviously Jake Browning, who actually was not brought back to the practice squad from what I remember. I thought he was. He was not. He was not brought back to the practice squad. Um... That's crazy. Jake Browning was not brought back to the practice squad, so that ended any temptation, as they'd say on Mackey and Judd, <clears throat> or Purple Daily, whatever the heck, but they've stolen probably enough listeners from this show already. Why am I giving them a shout-out? <laughs> uh, ha, ha. Um, yeah, yay. Biggest excitement ever. So at the moment, Kirk Cousins would be the starter. What a shock. Uh, at 30, what, $31 million a year at this moment, and then next year's cap it is 45 Adios, bye-bye, without a restructure. A massive restructure. I don't know. I think I want adios. Bye-bye. What about you? Um, wow, we're just reuniting things again. Sean Mannion's brought back. Wow, I mean, just just, just set off the fireworks. Sean Mannion's back. He, he can throw a ball about 12 yards. About 12. He still probably could kick my ass, but uh, 12 yards. 12. That, that's about it. Maybe 20 if he really does it, but he might, but he might uh, separate his shoulder if he does that. Uh, but enough about Jake Browning. Yeah, Sean Mannion will be added to the practice squad, so Kellen Mond will be number two, I guess, technically at the moment. Uh, especially when the Vikings could have added the former Jacksonville starting quarterback with a six-round pick. Philadelphia was able to do that, so that kind of broke my heart a little bit. Oh, the old uh, Gardner Minshew, the, the old uh, 80s-looking cop look, uh, look with the mustache. He would have been a good, solid backup quarterback for a sixth-round pick. That's all, man. Come on. <laughs> well, the Beagles, the Philadelphia Beagles got him. So that'll probably be, a, yeah, he'd be a nice veteran for the uh, for uh, Jalen Hurts there in Philly, I'm sure. So that was actually really, 
That makes them look pretty smart, actually. Brent Colker was re-signed. He was brought back. Oh, no, he got cut again. Jordan Berry acquired from the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's your new punter. Shane Stilstra Stilstra added to Detroit's practice squad. And Tristan Jackson, I don't even remember mentioning that one. Must have been cut a long time ago. Added to the practice squad of the Los Angeles Rams. And yes, Britton Colquitt officially cut on the 3rd of September. After being brought back. What what the hell? Um, But yeah, Jordan Berry, that's your new punter. Let's talk about Jordan Berry. We'll talk about the other guy, the tight end, uh, Herndon. Not, not, uh, yeah. Jordan Berry's got a bit of that uh, 80s look as well. He looks like a cop too. It doesn't roll around. It's not like a handlebar or anything, but a little bit, a little bit of a handlebar action going on there. But he does look like a police officer. He does. So Jordan Berry, we got a police officer for a punter instead of a uh, kicker. Eastern Kentucky, undrafted. Melbourne, Australia, mate. I like it very much. Shout out to a shout out to uh, Vince Germano out there in uh, Melbourne, Australia. Maybe, uh, obviously, <laughs> big major shout out always to Tanae Brown in New Zealand. Um, also, again, southern neighbor there, of course, in New Zealand. <laughs> Similar accent, I'm sure. Yes, yes, it is, obviously. Uh, played with Pittsburgh for quite a while and was cut in the preseason. So, well, all right. Uh, he had quite a few kicks in the 20. He, he had some touchbacks, which Colquitt didn't. He only had one touchback, which is a career high. Uh, career low, if you know what I mean. Like, the best possible. Wait a minute, that's just the postseason. Ah, they screwed all this up. It's rag post, rag post, regular season. He had three touchbacks last year. He had four in 19, four in 18. So get ready for some touchbacks, I guess. Come on, Jordan. Come on now. Pretty good uh, average, though. Uh, Career average, 44.4. That's pretty good. Last year was a career low. Uh, Well, career low recently, I guess. Yeah, other than a couple of crappy postseasons where he averaged just 39 and 38 for Pittsburgh in 16 and 17 in the postseasons. But this was a career regular season low, pretty much. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, he subbed in the postseason for some reason. I don't know. Maybe just trying to get it in the 20. That's probably the real reason. That's impressive. He had four kicks into 20 in, in two preseason uh, postseason games. That's impressive. 2015. Hmm. That's good. So I guess he's clutched that way. <laughs> but never went without a touchback. Never. Ever, ever, ever. And obviously that's not easy to do anyway. Career high of 45.8 the year before in 2020, the regular season, or yeah, the last year. We had a career high. Um, pretty solid. 45.5 in 2019 in the regular season. Steelers did not make the playoffs that year, which is okay with me. I'm not a big fan of the Steelers. But uh, Jordan Berry, welcome aboard. Congratulations. You are the new punter of the Minnesota Vikings, and kind of cool that now he's an Aussie. I'm, you know, I've made my feelings known about Australia and New Zealand. I love absolutely have a special place in my heart for you guys. I do. Absolutely. You're some of the nicest people on the planet. I'm not even kidding. Uh, so, God bless you guys. Uh, so, Kenny Nwagwu uh, is remaining on the Vikings at the moment. Uh, well, obviously, he's going to be here. Uh, very, 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 very talented. People even talked about him as a number two running back. But he's got uh, injury issues, unfortunately. So, we'll have to wait on that one. Ola B.C. Johnson, of course, ACL. Uh, D.D. Westbrook never played at all, basically practiced for like 10 seconds. So uh, odds are the third receiver is K.J. Osborne. He looks pretty good. So that's hopeful at the end of the day. K.J. Osborne made a Chris Carter sideline catch, kept the feet in bounds. Really impressive, actually. Really, really impressive. Uh, ben Eller, Ellison, of course, again, acquired from Detroit. Chris Herndon acquired 
from the Jets and Irv Smith probably out for the year. Andrew DePaula brought back. Congratulations. I bet he's happy about that. I'm sure he should be. Tyler Conklin made some good plays after dropping a lot of passes early in his career. Got a little better. That type of nonsense. Let's look at Chris Herndon. Those are your uh, new acquisitions other than Everson Griffin. No introduction necessary for him. Fourth round pick and, yep, so he they got their fourth-round pick back that they used in 2018 for Chris Herndon. And they had to give up a six, though. So, actually, they lost a little bit. They lost a six-round pick. Son of a gun. Uh, talk is that he's very, very talented, but sometimes you got to light a fire under his you-know-what. Uh, welcome to sports. God, come on, man. You know, but when he's good, he's really good, that type of thing. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I hope that doesn't end up being a problem. Obviously, very... You know, he, he shows signs of something here. 2018, I mean, look at 2018. 502 yards, four touchdowns. That's his rookie year. Really good. Really damn good. 39 catches. 2019, obviously, something went very, very amiss for him. One game. One game. One catch. Ouch. Yep. So something went very amiss there. Obviously, health-wise, he did suffer a serious injury. Uh, played all 16 games last year. Uh, 287 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Yak of 3.9, his rookie year 4.9 uh, yards a game, 31.4 as a rook, and last year basically 18. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, he's, he's your tight end. I mean, he's your tight end. I mean, what else are you going to say? So he actually returned a couple kicks for 10 and a half yards on average. So that's cute and everything. Chris Herndon, welcome to the Vikings. Six foot four, two fifty-three. Sounds like a tight end to me, but not as tall as some of them. Some of them could be like six, 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 seven. Jordan Barry is six foot five. Six foot five punter. Wow. Um, but under two hundred pounds. <laughs> it's funny, but he's probably too hard by now. I'm guessing. This probably not wouldn't be surprising if he's about two oh five instead of one ninety five. But uh, that's pretty much your uh, that's your new acquisitions, of course. Looking at the preseason briefly, Mr. Uh, Kirk Cousins was very unimpressive the entire time. Kellen, Kellen Mond started poorly, got a little better, but again, that's your most important position right now, the quarterback. Kellen Mond would probably be the emergency backup if something happened, or the emergency, you know, throw in if something happened, or and of course he might uh, take a couple snaps for a couple kneel downs, hopefully in a blowout win for the Vikings, or close enough win for the Vikings. Uh, obviously this depth chart is incorrect. Uh, Christian Derrissaw is not your left tackle at the moment. He'll hopefully get things rolling soon. Of course, still healing from a groin injury suffered a long time ago now, several months ago. They thought he was ready to go, but not really. Rashad Hill will be your left tackle for now. Ezra Cleveland will be your left guard for the foreseeable future. Garrett Bradbury will be your center for the foreseeable future, backed up by Mason Cole, who a lot of people think is a nice acquisition. and Good. Glad to hear that. Wyatt Davis is not your right guard yet. Ole Udo looked awesome the entire preseason. He is a tackle. He's actually a right tackle, but at right guard, he did a great job. Uh, just keeping an eye on him. Ole Udo was, the was the, I, I believe, the best offensive lineman in the preseason. Uh, the first game he didn't play. The second game, I'm just watching. I'm like, holy crap. His, his, his man can't even move. Uh, he did an awesome job. So Ole Udo looks like he's ready to play NFL football regularly on Sundays. If it's a tackle, if it's a guard, uh, whatever. But great job, Ole. Great job, Ole Udo. Very impressive. Wyatt Davis, though, also climbed the charts in a big way. Looks yeah, looked very good uh, as things can continue to uh, progress during the preseason. So Wyatt Davis, uh, very strong possibility he'll be a starter at some point. So we'll figure out something. 
Ole Udo, though, won the job for now. I mean, he is, he did an awesome job. Obviously, got Adam Thielen. We'll see what happens there. He was tweaked a bit, but I believe to be okay going into the season. Chris Herndon's your starter. Irv Smith Jr. is not your backup tight end. We'll figure out who's going there at some point. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen are your, are your main receivers, of course. KJ should be the third. DD will be the third or fourth. Fullback C. J. Ham out of Duluth, Duluth, however you want to call it. And a running back, no surprise, Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison, of course. Uh, defensively, Stephen Weatherly is the left end at the moment, but a lot of people believe that uh, Wanham actually won that job. Uh, actually, Wanham will probably be playing left defensive end, uh, and that the uh, and the Everson Griffin will get definitely get time. He'll be more of a situational guy. Uh, Vikings have a lot of situational talent right now, which is exciting in a big way. <clears throat> but Stephen Weatherly, it'll be between Stephen Weatherly, Everson Griffin, uh, but uh, DJ Wanham should get the majority of the time, though, at left defensive end. Michael Pierce, of course, is your left tackle. He's the three technique. No, he's not. He's the run-stuffing nose tackles. Pardon me. Delvin Tomlinson is your three technique, followed by Sheldon Richardson. Really nice depth there. Three technique. I mean, we're, we're ready to go. Armin Watts, of course, also is uh, on the left defensive tackle, nose tackle position at the end of the day. Del uh, and your right defensive end, of course, is the best player on the defense, most likely Daniel Hunter, and he looks fantastic. Linebackers, Ryan Connolly uh, and Troy Dye on one play on the left side. Eric Kendricks, the middle linebacker, of course. Chaz Surratt the, uh, backing him up. Anthony Barr, who hasn't... There's a big mystery of what's going on, but it might be Nick Vigil's job for now. We'll see what happens there. Um, or try die. I mean, who knows? But at the moment, obviously, Anthony Barr. Things are strange. Uh, it's a mystery injury. Nobody knows what the heck is going on at the end of the day. So, I don't know. Uh, is it upper body? Is it lower body? Is it... Uh, who knows? Seriously, who knows? Uh, it's con it's extremely confusing at the moment. Um, extremely confusing. So, this one's a uh, better chart that I'm looking at. A lot of similar guys. Tyler Conklin will most likely be getting significant time, obviously, at the tight end position. But now we're going back to defense where we belong with DJ Wanham. Yes, that's what I thought right end at the end of the day. Again, Eric Hendricks. Barr, they still obviously have him as the as the main uh, linebacker, uh, as a starting linebacker, but we'll see. I mean, Blake Lynch is probably going to get significant time. Otherwise, Ryan Connolly possibly as well. Patrick Peterson, Bashad Breeland will be starting at the main cornerback positions at the moment. And, of course, McKenzie Alexander will be in those, uh, you know, he'll be the, uh, like, he'll most likely be a main nickelback type of guy. He's more of a nickelback type of guy, obviously, slot corner. Uh, Cameron Dancer did not have a good preseason. In fact, he looked like garbage at times. Harrison Hannon and Chris Boyd do make the team. Depth guys will play special teams, and they'll play some cornerback, obviously, in situations and this and that. Uh, Josh Metellus has had moments, but generally not that great. Cameron Bynum backing up, again, uh, Xavier Woods. Tim Metellus will be backing up Harrison Smith, the captain of the defense, and of course the main, uh, the longest tenured Minnesota Viking when that question was asked. Jordan Berry's your punter, Greg Joseph's your kicker, Andrew DePaul is going to be the long snapper, I guess. Okay. Uh, Amir, Amir Smith Marset, obviously he's a wide receiver along with KJ Osborne, are possibilities. Uh, they will be your kick and punt returners. They did a pretty good job. Nothing spectacular, but decent. KJ Osborne had a moment here and there. ISM, I guess you can call him. Amir Smith, Marset. Didn't blow me away. Didn't blow me away in the special teams. 
nothing about special teams is going to blow me away right now, but uh, we'll see. Ho hopefully it gets better as things continue. Steven Weatherly, yeah, he's not going to be the right end. It's DJ Wanham. I mean, obviously, Everson Griffin will be working with Wanham and such. Uh, I mentioned most of these guys already. Yeah, in fact, I mentioned all of them. So, yeah, James Lynch, obviously, valuable uh, guy who could play nose tackle as well. He made the team good for him. Very, very nice at the end of the day. So that's pretty much your depth. Those are the, the guys that got cut, this and that. Uh, Amir Abdullah's on the practice squad, which is kind of funny. Interesting situation, but uh, God bless him and hope things uh, work out at the end of the day. Unfortunately, that Nguangwu, obviously he's injured at the moment. Uh, I was very excited to see him, and we didn't get to see anything. So, obviously, D.D. Westbrook still recovering from the ACL as well uh, last season. So, man, it, it, it's a bummer. Christian Derrissau is still recovering from the whole grain situation. See, the guy that really makes us all feel so much better is Ole Udo. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's just like, oh my God. Plop, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. You know, like, the elk, he's the Elka Seltzer right now on that offensive line. Oh, what a relief it is. Oh, what a relief it is. Thank you, Ole Udo, for stepping up to the plate. He did a great job. Uh, I would say <laughs> he's, he's the number one positive sign in the uh, of the uh, preseason. Um, obviously, I got in it with, well, somebody got in it with me more than I got in it with him. Started attacking me and the other guy when we were just like, this just doesn't look good. That's all we said. And the guy comes, and obviously we'll get to that in the panic interaction, comes to us and, oh, shut him down. Yeah, everything's, yeah, it's all over. Like he's just making fun of us and that we're overreacting and panicking. Dude, come on. Come on. <laughs> I know. Okay, I know there was no <laughs> Delvin Cook. I know there was no Justin Jefferson. That doesn't mean the rest of the offense needs to shut down and be completely worthless. Other teams had other players out as well, just to be careful, precautionary, not not needing to put them in. That's like, come on. I mean, it was there was a lot of starters versus a lot of starters, and we just got beat badly in all three games. I, you know, it, it wasn't impressive. Uh well, you know the uh, the Indianapolis game wasn't beat badly. It was just flat boring. It was like. Yeah, it, it was bad. It was almost a baseball score. What was it, like 12-9? to 9. It was garbage. So, obviously a very frustrating. No no offensive touchdowns until the, the final game. And we got our butts handed to us. Of course, Kansas City has a million studs, obviously, on their team. I don't want them to win the Super Bowl, but they're going to be in the mix. You, you know they're going to be in the Final Four, barring some type of crazy upset. I'm hoping for an upset, but we'll see what happens at the end of the day. With that, let's actually look at the games and how the Minnesota Vikings will progress <laughs> throughout this regular season. And, of course, we'll also kind of look around the NFC North, of course, you know, look at the rosters and all that. Not going to spend a ton of time on that because this is supposed to be the Minnesota Vikings segment and all that. But, of course, the NFC North, you want to see how the competition goes. Let's get to the games first, though, of course. Minnesota opens up against Cincy, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll probably throw in a tiny, tiny brief history preview dealy in segment number two, kind of like per tradition, but I'll keep it shorter than normal because, you know, it's small sample size, you know, just preseason. I'm not really watching other teams' preseasons. Minnesota heads to Cincinnati Sunday, September the 12th. Of course, again, happy 20th anniversary of 9-11. So before the next show comes out, 9-11 will have its 20th anniversary. We will give everyone involved on September the 11th, 2001, a moment of silence. 20 years. God bless America. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, amazing. There's so many different stories with all that. But uh, we'll keep that for freedom of thought, of course. Someday I'll talk more about 9-11 on there. But uh, definitely respect to all the first responders and to all the unfortunate people that there was just nothing they could do. Nothing they could do. You know, NFL season always seems to start around 9-11, which is fine. It is what it is. It's the way the schedule rocks and rolls. But at Cincinnati, I, I'm hopeful for that game. Joe Burrow, of course, recovering from an ACL. Will he play? Will he not? We'll talk about that maybe a little bit in segment number two. But I do believe the Vikings win that game. So this is more or less trying to build the record out with my predictions. Minnesota 1-0 after Cincinnati. Heading to Arizona, of course, a good team. But maybe some people think they're overrated. I'll also give the time. So a nooner with Cincinnati. Those are my favorite. Nooner with Cincinnati on Fox. Uh, September the 19th, another Sunday. So I also got to say the day, too, because well, Thursday, one day, all that and stuff. 3.05, second half, we'll see what happens with that second group, so to speak, that day at Arizona. Some people believe they're a little overrated. We don't win there very often. I'll probably get into, and I'll obviously get into that uh, a week from now when we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals as a preview. We don't win there very often. I just don't feel good about it. So I think the Vikings go down one, uh, go, go, go down, and they're one and one. The Minnesota Vikings finally host the Seattle Sea Chicken, Seahawks, whatever the heck you want to call them. Sunday, September the 26th, another 325 game. The ticket prices just keep climbing. Right now it's $88. <laughs> At the beginning, you know, it's the cheapest. That's kind of funny. Yeah, well, football's not cheap. It never will be. Never will be. They got, what, 53 men to pay and all that in the stadium and all the beautiful new stadium and all that stuff. Uh, Seattle Seahawks finally come to Minnesota for the first time since, I don't know, we'll talk about that when it matters, I guess, coming up. It's been a long time since the Seahawks have played in Minnesota. Every damn year, we got to go to Seattle and we always lose. So how about this? Seahawks come to Minnesota and we win. The home team wins every time, right? We better. We better. You don't want to start out 1-2 and two against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the schedule's, ugh, it's not an easy schedule. It gets really hard later on into the season. About the second third of the season or so, it gets ridiculous. Uh, Minnesota wins 2-1 record, our first home game of the year, blah, blah, blah. Cleveland Browns, that's also a Sunday, and it's a nooner. We'll see if that one gets switched around. Kevin Stefanski comes to town, very talented team. Made things interesting against the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round last year. They whooped up on Pittsburgh. I enjoyed that very much. Nice to see Cleveland playing well. I like the Browns a lot. Uh, Vince Germano out of Australia, great, 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 great friend, obviously. Um, and, of course, huge, huge uh, supporter of Timberwolves Explosion. He's also supported this show as well with the retweets and all that. Really appreciate him always. Uh, Cleveland Browns, though, that one is kind of a toughie. That's a toughie. I think the Vikings absolutely can win the game, but so can Cleveland. Cleveland can absolutely win that game as well. Oh, boy. I got a feeling Kevin Stefanski is going to get the win there. 2-2 two and two for Minnesota, which sucks, I know, but... We'll have an okay record, I hope. And again, it's a weird 17-game schedule that's moving forward. Uh, at least we cut out one of the preseason games. Yeah, because preseason is not always that fun. So sometimes it is. This year was not fun at all. It was awful. Um, it's not like we got blew out by the Chiefs, but it wasn't a good game. <laughs> it really wasn't. The Denver game was hideous. Hideous. You could you could just imagine the, the four-letter words that came out. Now I'm messing things up here. Four-letter words are going to start coming out on this show. Detroit at home. If we don't beat Detroit on Sunday, October the 10th, at home, in a nooner against Dan Campbell who wants to knock our kneecaps off, I'm going to be furious. Minnesota 3-2 and two record after defeating Detroit. Vikings head to Carolina, or should we say North Carolina, but it's Carolina. Another nooner, three in a row. It's a three-peat. North Carolina, right before the bye week. 
And as Dennis Green would say, ah, we're always good out of the bye, we're always good in the bye, you know, coming back from the bye. Well, I'm going to be positive about that. I'd say the Vikings go to 4-2 and two after beating the Carolina Hurricanes. No, Carolina Panthers. We usually play well against Carolina, except in, <laughs> except conveniently in 2009. We got beat badly there. Obviously, we got beat badly with Arizona in two, uh, 2009 as well. Those two games really messed up the Vikings' hopes of having home field advantage over the Saints. Would have made a huge difference. And, of course, uh, was it E.J. Henderson had, a, had his femur break in one of those two games. I think it was Arizona. I don't remember. It might have been Carolina, but those two games really derailed the Vikings' chances of going to the Super Bowl. I mean, heck, the Vikings should have beat the Saints in New Orleans. But imagine if it was in the Metrodome. I mean, the Vikings would have beaten them for sure uh, because we actually still played in the Dome back then. But, uh, yeah, damn it. 4-2 and two record heading into the bye. And then, happy Halloween, ladies and gentlemen. Vikings in a holiday again, of course. Halloween is not exactly Thanksgiving. It's not exactly Christmas. It's not exactly... Easter or Hanukkah or anything like that, but it's still, I guess, a holiday. It's more of a fun day, if anything. It's a, it's a fun day. <sighs> Sunday, Halloween's not always a good combination. I think it should be like Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. I like when it's in the middle of the week, Tuesday, stuff like that. I don't know. Sunday should have its own vibe and Halloween should have its own vibe, that kind of thing. But it's a Sunday night game on NBC. All the ingredients, ho a holiday. A Sunday night game on NBC with Chris Collinsworth, who hates us with a passion. I mean, he hates us. NBC Sunday night is always a loss, always. But I, I, there's something about Dallas and Minnesota in the dome, well, in the dome, in the U.S. Bank Stadium. Now we we lost a very close one in 2018, if I remember correct. Yeah, 2018 and in 16, I think, really close ones, dramatic, good games. But we but we, but we lost uh, Dallas. It was one of those years where Dallas had a great record, and they ultimately, you know, didn't get the job done. I think this was 16. Yeah, it was a while ago. They, they actually had a really good record that year. We almost beat them. I believe this was the year with the eye situation. Yeah, with Zimmer. And, uh, yeah, the special teams coach was coaching that, that game. It was pretty crazy. Vikings almost won that one. It was pretty fun, but we still didn't, unfortunately. Uh, I think the Vikings, I'm just, I guess I'm thinking positive here. We play well against the Cowboys sometimes. We usually do. And, I don't know, if it was in Dallas, I don't think there's any chance for us. Uh, we, though, again, I guess we did do it last year. It was pretty cool. Didn't mean anything, though, sadly, because we didn't make the playoffs. Uh, and Mike Zimmer made a goofy statement, accidentally said, you like how this tastes, when he meant to say you like how, uh, uh, you like that? Kind of like, uh, you know, like, that's Kirk Cousins' little thing. You like that? It'd be amazing to see Kirk Cousins holding a Lombardi trophy and saying that, but I don't know if that'll happen someday. If he ever does, you know he will say it. You know he will. But I think the Vikings win and go to 5-2, and two, but then reality sets in big time. <laughs> Vikings head to Baltimore. Nooner. Nooner on Nov November the 7th. Watch out for lawn cleanup season there. We'll see. But we'll probably be doing okay, though. We don't need to work Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Baltimore Ravens, that is a L, 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 L. That's an L. Uh, Vikings go to 5-3 uh, and three there. Los Angeles Chargers on the road again. November the 14th, 3.05 versus the Chargers. That's not a noon game? Hmm. Weird. Yeah, because I got a feeling the next week might might be a noon game, depending on how things, or might not be a noon game, think depending on how things go there. Los Angeles Chargers is all over the place. Uh, we haven't played against Herbert yet. We played against, uh, you know, the old... <laughs> we played against Philip Rivers, and he threw 19 interceptions, and it was kind of a mess. It was just a big mess. So, uh, I think we lose again. Damn it. You know, this is one... I mean, we 
historically played fairly well against the Chargers, but I think we lose again. Vikings drop to 5-4. and four. Green Bay at home. Green Bay Slackers, or whatever uh, Dylan called them one time. I can't say it. It was really funny. I better be careful, though. It was awesome, actually, but I better leave it alone. Dylan Richardson, of course, founder of thesportstuff.com, which unfortunately is no more. Dylan Richardson, great friend from Northern California. I hope he still listens, but I doubt it. Northern California guy. Hates the 49ers. Yep, hates them, even though he lives fairly close to there. He lives closer to Sacramento, though. And uh, it's a Bears fan, which I'm, which kind of helped me be, have a little soft spot for the Bears, along with people like Walter Payton, Jim McMahon, and such. I mean, it's hard to not have a soft spot for them when you saw how good they were back in the 80s. But I don't know. I'm an 80s person. Just put it that way. San Francisco, Chicago, ah, 80s football, baby. And New York Giants, everybody but the frickin' Redskins, because, yeah, we should have beat them in the NFC title game in 1987, and we could have had two championships in the same year, Minnesota Twins and Minnesota Vikings. There I go babbling off into la-la land. The Vikings will beat the Green Bay Packers and jump to 6-4. and four. I think we split with Green Bay, so that's obviously a spoiler. No surprise, we're not going to win in, in Lambeau unless somebody gets somebody significant gets hurt or we're having an unbelievable season. That's the only time we uh, sweep Green Bay. We're having one of those awesome seasons like the 2009 Vikings, you know, so on and so forth. <clears throat> in 17, somebody got hurt, somebody named Aaron Rodgers, and we were having an awesome season. And we were the kings of the north. That was cool. But 6-4 uh, and four record. Hopefully I'm keeping track of this properly. We head to San Francisco. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Will it be Trey Lance? Will it be Jimmy G. Garoppolo? It doesn't matter. I think 49ers beat us in that one. 325 on a Sunday. It's all been Sunday so far, but here come the Thursday ones coming up pretty soon here. But uh, that'll be a Thanksgiving weekend, I believe. And we'll uh, probably not win that one. I'd be impressed if we did. I'd be very impressed. Sunday, December 5th. Another Sunday. Yep. Sunday, 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 Sunday. A nooner. At Detroit. Minnesota sweeps Detroit. And if we don't, what the hell's happening to our year? Come on now. we got to sweep Detroit. It's Jared Goff. Jared Goff, but then again, maybe he'll have a nice resurgence in Detroit. Good luck to him. We'll see what happens. Vikings jump to 7-4 and four, if I'm doing this correctly. I'm, I'm hoping I am. <laughs> so I'll find out at the end. I always seem to mess that up because I blab too much. <clears throat> Thursday, December the 9th versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. So 7-4. and four, Okay. That would be 11 games in. 12, 13. Oh, son of a biscuit. I keep forgetting this is freaking touchscreen. I'm not used to that yet. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yep, something's wrong. That's <laughs> Cincinnati 1 and 0, Arizona 1 and 1, Seattle 2 and 1, Cleveland 2 and 2, Detroit 3 and 2, Carolina 4 and 2, Dallas 5 and 2, Baltimore 5 and 3, Chargers 5 and 4, Vikings 6 and uh, Packers, excuse me, 6 and 4, 49ers 6 and 5. Yep, there we go. 6 and 5. That's right, I messed up. There we go. 6 and 5. Detroit 7-5. and five. Pittsburgh, I think the Vikings do beat, uh, beat a washed-up Pittsburgh Steelers team. Uh, washed-up watched Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, anyway. We'll see what happens there. Talented group of players around Ben Roethlisberger, but uh, I just think they're. I just think Roethlisberger is beyond washed-up. It will be a home game. It will be a Thursday night game, because you got to have at least one of those. Minnesota Vikings go to 8-5. 8-5, 720. Fox. Fox, Fox, Fox. Of course, everything was... Uh, the Cleveland game will be CBS, otherwise everything else is Fox, and then Dallas is NBC. CB oh, CBS is Detroit. Wow. CBS with NFC games. Hmm. Okay. With an all-NFC game. That's weird. 
ESPN, Monday, Monday Night Football on December the 20th. Long break in Soldier Field. You know what that means. That means we're 8-6. <laughs> that means we don't win that game. Los Angeles Rams, this is a pivotal, pivotal game for the Minnesota Vikings season. The last two games are a lot easier to predict. Green Bay at Green Bay and at home versus Chicago. Very easy to predict those, in my opinion. One way and another, if you know what I'm saying. But this is the big one. Los Angeles Rams. Maybe it's the kind of game where we either win the division or don't, make the playoffs or don't. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's December the 26th. Go from Monday to Sunday, a six-day break in between games. So less of a break. You play the Los Angeles Rams with, uh, of course, Matthew Stafford, a quarterback of the L.A. Rams. As long as he's able to stay healthy, which usually he does, but sometimes he misses a ton of time, too. So what are we, 8-6 and six at this moment? 8-6. and six. Can we beat the Rams in U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday at noon on Fox? Can we do it? Tickets from $66? That's the cheapest game of the year. I know the Rams have had some disappointing seasons, but they're not bad. And again, Matthew Stafford should help a lot. Obviously, they still have a, you know, Darnold and guys like that. Um, Donald, yeah. Um, so, Darnold. I'm talking about Sam Darnold here. He's not there. He's, not there. He's in Carolina. I think we beat him easily. Uh, that is a tough one. It just depends on what kind of season we're having, doesn't it? I mean, it's pivotal. That one of those, it's a crossroads game of the year. It really is. The Dallas one's a crossroads game in a big way. Uh, you know, you could even say San Francisco is to a point, but I think the main crossroads games of the season are like Carolina-Dallas, you know, because you've got to beat Carolina, but maybe not. Like Dallas is a big crossroads game. If we're having a good season and all that, you know, and we're a playoff type of caliber game, you got to beat them, man. you got to beat them. you got to beat the Los Angeles Rams at home. Should I be positive or negative here? So this is kind of the this is this is the game where you either win nine or ten games. I'm going to go on the positive side. I mean the Rams are kind of funky. They're kind of a funky team. It's another one of those home away type of situations. Like I I give us little to no chance to win in L.A. But then again, who am I to say? We played very very well in 2018 and then blew it at the end. Oh boy, it just depends on what kind of year we're having. Not all. I'll go on the positive since all of you think I'm the most negative guy ever. Our, our defense gets the job done, frustrates uh, Matthew Stafford, and our ultra-talented offense gets the job done, and Vikings win by three over the Los Angeles Rams to go to 9-6. and six. We lose in Lambeau, 9-7. and seven. Beat Chicago. Now, again, uh, the Rams game is noon. Green Bay game is Sunday night on NBC. That's just LOSS right there. You know, I'm sorry, but it is. I'd love to beat the Green Bay Packers, and maybe we will. Maybe we're going to have an awesome season and go whatever, you know, 13-4 and four or something. I'm not so confident in that yet. We'll see. But I have the Vikings finishing 10-7. and seven. Again, beating the Bears in a nooner, which we traditionally have done, unless we're having a sucky year. Or we're sitting everybody down because we've already made it and the game doesn't matter. You know, you're still you're stuck in the fifth or sixth seeds, that type of thing, which is probably what it would be, unless somehow we're just freaking awesome. And we were way ahead of Green Bay for some reason. But I think the Vikings finished 10 and 7 at the end of the day. 10 and 7, not bad, not bad. Uh, should be a wild card team, and we'll go from there at the end of the day. So, about 45 minutes into the show now. That's nice. A little bit less than that. We'll look at the other teams extremely quickly. The Detroit Lions, Jared Goff at quarterback, DeAndre Swift at running back. No, Adrian Peterson. No, Adrian Peterson. He's not been signed by anybody yet. We'll see. Might be the end of the career there, but, uh, 
He had a solid season with Detroit. Hopefully he suits up for somebody and can help boost the numbers a little more. Unfortunately, that's all his career is doing right now is boosting up the uh, career numbers. TJ Hawkinson, extremely talented tight end. Uh, this and that. I don't think Detroit makes the postseason. I'd be very, 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 very surprised. Uh, they have some talented players, but not enough. There's just not enough there. Um, I'm not familiar with a lot of the players. I'm familiar with some and not all of them, if you know what I mean. It's just kind of a mix of guys, obviously. Uh, uh, some of them, obviously, are, you know, even though they're not that great, you hear their name all the time. DeAndre Swift, guys like that. Hawkinson again, blah, blah, blah. Frank Ragnall from Minnesota would have been really nice, but uh, obviously he's the star offensive lineman for that club. Good luck, Detroit. They're probably not going to make any make it anywhere. Probably 5-12, and 12, something like that at the end of the day. Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears, <clears throat> or Bits, the Bits and the Rhinos, you know, from ta Talking Football. Andy Dalton opening up the season at quarterback, the, the the Red Rifle, I guess they call him. He always beats the Vikings, actually. You know, when he was at Cincinnati, he beat the Vikings. When he was at Dallas, beat the Vikings. So, it was really frustrating, but he, he there's something about Andy Dalton versus the Vikings. It's just the way it goes. That's sports, guys. And, of course, the guy the Vikings should have created up and beat the Bears, too. Justin Fields. I, I'd be a lot more confident in the Minnesota Vikings' future if Justin Fields was wearing purple instead of Kellen Mond. That's just how I feel. Kellen Mond, there's something there. Uh, right now, if if I had a crystal ball, you know, my, my, my personal little crystal ball here, which, I, which is imaginary, of course, Kellen Mond is an NFL backup. I could be wrong. I hope I am. But I think the Bears have a nice future with Justin Fields as a quarterback. You know, I do. Obviously, their defense, you still got, you know, some studs, obviously, Khalil Mack and guys like that. Um, Robert Quinn, obviously, yeah, that's a talent, very talented guy. He used to play for the Rams. Akeem Hicks, you know, obviously, super talented group of players. They're playing a 3-4, it looks like. Yep. Yeah, their defense is 3-4, of course. Um, very talented defense. The offense is getting better, and blah 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 The Bears should be competitive. Should be competitive. You want to believe the Vikings are better, but we'll see. It's kind of like a we'll see. You know, we don't really know until you know. Same with the Green Bay Packers, of course. Obviously, you have Jordan Love backing Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is suiting up for the Green Bay Packers. As you all know, Devontae Adams is considered the best receiver in football. Aaron Jones is a very talented running back. <sighs> the defense is all over the place. Sometimes it's freaking awesome, and sometimes it just didn't work. And it didn't work against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It just didn't work in the NFC title game, and Aaron Rodgers famously was walking up to his defensive players saying, get a stop! Get a stop! Like, come on, let's go! But it's Tom Brady, Aaron. It's Tom Brady, just like uh, maybe Tampa as well at times when Aaron Rodgers was rolling around. Can't believe it's been 17 years already for Aaron. Of course, his first few years were, you know, on the sidelines, not being able to play at all. Brett Favre would not, wouldn't dare let him in unless the game was over, essentially. 37 years of age now, Aaron Rodgers. So the good news is he won't be there forever. And Jordan Love is a, you know, a crapshoot, I think. I I'm, don't think I'm as excited about era Jordan Love as other people might be in Green Bay. Uh, whatever. Uh, I don't want Green Bay to have a whole lot of success, but we'll see. We'll see if they got another gem here. I doubt it. <laughs> Randall Cobb is back. Some people are really excited about that. He's 11 seasons in already, 31 years of age, to help out slot receiver there. For the Green Bay Slackers, he's been a pain in the ass forever. Uh, even Amari Rogers can be dangerous. Uh, Alan Lazard burned us at least once last year. Big dude, six foot five, two twenty-seven. That's the definition of wideout. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yep, obviously some talented, talented weapons for Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball to. 
when that defense is on, it's super dangerous, but at times it sucks. You know, it, it'll let them down big time. It's between Minnesota and Green Bay for the NFC North, though, and I think a lot of people would agree Chicago should be third, but very much, very much in the picture, and the Detroit Lions riding the pine as usual until somehow, you know, the only time they were good recently, you know, 2012, 2014, they had some solid teams there. Um, that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that they that they messed that up. Jim Caldwell certainly wasn't a perfect coach, but he was really good. He did a really good job for the Detroit Lions, and it, it's a shame. I mean, they had some crazy coaches. You wind up with, you know, and now I, I don't know what to say. You know, it is what it is. Dan Campbell, maybe he's the answer. I, I doubt it, but maybe he is. Jim Caldwell, I thought, was pretty a pretty good fit for the Detroit Lions. They had some very promising seasons there. But, well... That's, that's in the rearview mirror now. Wouldn't mind having Jim Caldwell as a as, a, as an offensive coordinator. That'd be kind of nice. Unfortunately, not the case. Minnesota Vikings, we'll see. 10-7. and seven. We'll take a quick break and start to preview the rest of the National Football League. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the league, predictions and such. And, of course, we will preview the Cincinnati Bengals game briefly. I'll keep it a little more brief than usual, or if humanly possible. But I mostly got the history pulled up, that type of thing. Mostly going to look at the history between the two teams and actually, like, you know, really dig deep into Cincinnati because the uh, sample size is what it is. I don't keep up with preseason with other teams. I keep up with our team. You know, some things looked okay, some things didn't look okay. And, of course, no Cook, no Justin Jefferson. I know, I know. That's how it goes. Uh, let's look at the AFC first. Buffalo Bills, I think there's a pretty good chance they win the AFC East, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens with the the, uh, the new quarterback now in New England. They got a shot at something. Mac Jones looks extremely promising for the New England Patriots, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. They're probably interesting competition. For the Buffalo Bills, I'm not super confident in Miami or the New York Jets at the moment, but I guess you never know. So I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East. I think that's an easy choice. Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's between Baltimore and Cleveland. I think it's between the old Browns and the new Browns. Old Browns and new Browns. Pittsburgh's third place, Cincinnati's last place until something changes. Hopefully Joe Burrow can get things rolling for Cincinnati. It's about time a number one pick in Cincinnati really got things rolling again. Uh, Obviously, they had some success many years ago. They had Carson Palmer. He was so successful early on. Looked really promising. Number one pick in the draft. And then he had an ACL. And I can't say he was the same. He, he had a great career mostly. But he wasn't the same guy after that. It wasn't as good. He wasn't as promising. Yeah, Kajana Carter looked like the best running back ever. Then he has an ACL before he suits up. It's just, you know, and then Fat Daddy Wilkinson was never good. He was a really high pick for Cincinnati. Just, I feel for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's easy to kind of sympathize with that club and that fan base. I mean, they've been through a lot. Uh, they look like they'd beaten the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl after the 1988 season. Looked like they'd beaten them. And then, obviously, the drive happened. Joe Montana took them all the way and beat them in the last minute. Amazing drive by Joe Montana. And that ultra-talented uh, San Francisco and Cincinnati team, uh, well, the very talented Cincinnati defense and everything just couldn't hold up and 
bring it home for the Bengals fan base. So, again, I have many, <laughs> I, I have sympathies for Cincinnati. I do. Um, they're kind of, unfortunately for them, they're kind of the Detroit of the AFC. They, they just kind of are. Uh, but Detroit actually has championships, but back in the 50s, pre-Super Bowl era, they were the best team in football back then, if you can believe it. Baltimore wins the AFC North, I believe. I want Cleveland to win, kind of, too. I kind of want Cleveland to win. I like Baltimore, but I want Cleveland to win it. Those jerseys, their uniforms are awesome. Aren't they good? You know, we can complain about the, the blank helmet, but it is what it is. Sure, it's blank and everything, but it's classic. And their uniforms rock. Some of you might not like it, but I just love the color combination of the Cleveland Browns. I want them to win the AFC North. Baltimore should be the AFC North champs, but I guess you never know. You never know. They're, they're, they're a little funky, you know. They have their big moments, and then all of a sudden they start falling apart. Houston Texans in the AFC South. I think Tennessee should win that division. I can't go with Indianapolis, even though they're well, well coached. Frank Reich. Carson Wentz, how can you trust him? I don't know. I mean, if he can actually stay healthy, that'd be great. It's like the coffee maker's bored at me, saying, okay, fine, I'm done. Just leave me alone. I'm, I'm turning off now. <laughs> Jacksonville's going to win the AFC South, though. We all know that. No, not yet, but maybe if the, the young man uh, can get things rolling in the next couple of years, we'll see. But uh, it's just not going to happen yet. Tennessee should win the AFC South. They have a great defense, phenomenal running game, obviously. Uh, well quarterbacked, well coached. I really like the Tennessee Titans. I don't see them as any type of Super Bowl contender, but I think they're dangerous. Houston's probably going to finish last. I think Jacksonville finishes third. Indianapolis might compete for a wild card. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe they will. If Carson Wentz can stay healthy, please stay healthy, just for the Indianapolis Colts fans' sake anyway. Uh, Houston finishes last. The vibe sucks there. It's too bad, but it, you know, it is what it is. It's not a good situation in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Tennessee wins the AFC South. AFC West, uh, Chargers win the AFC West. No, I'm kidding. I wish. I wish it was the Chargers or the Vegas uh, Raiders. I'm tired of Kansas City already. I'm tired of them already. Just like the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. I'm tired of them already, but they win the division. Denver has Teddy Bridgewater at starting quarterback. Drew Locke might have been an option for the Vikings as a backup, maybe. I kind of think... Uh, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Nick Foles could have been a possible backup for Minnesota in some kind of a, kind of trade instead of being third string for the Bears. I don't know. It is what it is. The Bears aren't going to trade Nick Foles to Minnesota. We'll, we'll probably have to give him like a third or first round pick for him because it's a division thing. We oh no, that's against the rules. You know, we we can't do that. That's that's sacrilegious. What are you what are you a devil worshipper or something? Trading in the division? Are you crazy? No. Kansas City wins the AFC West. Woohoo! I'm so excited. Go Raiders, win the, uh, uh, make the wild card. I, it's time for the Raiders to do that. Um, it really is. Derek Carr, interesting stat pulled up on the Mackie and Judd show. Again, they don't need a shout-out as much as I do. I need some more shout-outs. That'd be nice from somebody out there. <laughs> They're out there. Okay, maybe I shouldn't even talk about it. I need a shout-out. That doesn't sound right. Please help me. Right? <laughs> Just saying, they don't need it. Um. Interesting stat brought up, though, on that show. I mean, I'm mostly citing them than giving them a shout-out because it's only fair. They brought it up. Uh, pro football focus and all that. Quarterbacks in the final four minutes in a game. Derek Carr is one of the best in the NFL. Derek Carr. Who'd have thunk that? Guess who one of the worst is? Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, uh, you know uh, Sam Bradford. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. It was literally a list. It was one after the other. Kirk Cousins was at the bottom. It was like 34, 35, 36. 34 Teddy, or no, 34 Sam Bradford, 
34 Teddy. I forget if those two. Flip the two. Who cares? It's like 34, 35. And 36 was uh, your, your your buddy Kirk Cousins. So it's unfortunate. So it was just funny how it's a disgusting statistic that uh, it's like the worst quarterbacks basically. I've had the worst quarterbacks in the final four minutes. Maybe it's the O-line. Maybe it's the coaching. Maybe it's the player. Maybe it's all the above. I lean to all the above at the end of the day. See on that one. But Derek Carr can be pretty clutch. As long as he can keep things rolling in Vegas, maybe, you know, they, they can get the defense going, the offense going, just kind of get things rolling in the right direction. They could at least get the wild card and maybe make a nice, beautiful upset and knock the freaking Chiefs out of there. I'd be very happy, actually. Not a big fan of the Chiefs anymore. A lot, a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of jackasses on that team. There, there, there really is. I don't like Honey Badger. I don't like Tyreek Hill. I, I don't like him. Don't like him. Bad, you know, they like to get in people's face. I think that's bull crap. I don't know. But I guess that's NFL. That's that's professional sports. Everyone's a jerk. <laughs> Everyone's a jerk, basically. Give me my money. That's all I care about. And showing other people up. AFC Championship game. I'm not going to do all the wild card crap. That's kind of over the top. I don't know. I'd like to. Okay, let's see. Who's going to be the wild cards? Okay, I'll just at least say who's going to be the wild cards. Well, whoever doesn't win the division between Baltimore and Cleveland is absolutely going to be one of the wild cards. I believe there's seven now, though, so i got to think about that. I think Vegas makes the postseason this time. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. So Vegas is Vegas is going to win the uh, is going to make a wild card, and I would love to see Miami. Nah, it's not going to happen. New England Patriots with Mac Jones. New England Patriots with Mac Jones. I was going to say Indianapolis. I'll go with Mac Jones in New England. New England Patriots are wild card, and we'll see what happens. Maybe they pull off something crazy. So there's your seven teams in the playoffs in the AFC. Yes, sir. NFC time. NFC. NFC East. Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, Philadelphia, and the Washington W's. The Washington Gophers, whatever they are. The Washington W's for now. Um, I think the W's are going to be competitive. I think Philly finishes... Boy, I want to say last, but I, I don't know. The Giants are kind of all over the place. Philly and New York Giants will be competing for fourth and third. And then you got Dallas and Washington, old school rivalry way back in the day, you know, the 80s and, and beyond in the 70s and such. Uh, man, I, I, I want to pick Washington to win that division. I am going to pick the Washington. Yeah, I mean, I am going to pick the Washington W's to win the AFC East. Because I think Dallas is losing to Minnesota. I, somehow, some way, that's going to help cost them the division. Dallas. The, Dallas, we'll see. But I think pretty good chance one of those two is a wild card as well. The the loser of those two is the wild card. We'll come to the NFC North last. I think I already gave that away, though. NFC South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the, AFC, the, the NFC South. The New Orleans Saints, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, James Winston looks really good. He looks really, 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 really good. Uh, he's got a good offensive coach. He's the biggest jerk ever, but Sean, but Sean Payton's an awesome offensive coach. There's no question about that, and could be a good formula for the New Orleans Saints to keep things rolling, keep them competitive. Uh, he was a number one pick in the draft. Let's not forget, he was. So obviously he was a mess in Tampa. It'd be quite funny to see those two guys, uh, you know, to see Jameis Winston go up against Tampa, you know, in the significant games here as uh, the season progresses. Obviously division rivals now and going against Tom Brady of all people. As he's 43 going on 44, I can't even believe that. And still chasing that, uh, chasing Super Bowl ring number eight. Absolutely nuts. I do think Tampa wins the NFC South. Carolina should ride the pine for now. They're kind of rebuilding and all that. 
I don't know about Sam Darnold and all that. We'll see. Maybe they'll surprise some people, but I doubt it. Um, Carolina's last. Atlanta and New Orleans are going to duke it out to possibly make a wild card. If Tampa wins the division cleanly, uh, 12 and 5, 13 and 4, Tampa should have an awesome, awesome season. That's just my belief. The defense is still intact. Brady's still the best. And Bruce Arians, a lot of people don't like him. I don't know why. I, 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 I think he's pretty good. He's not the best coach in the NFL, but he's, but he's pretty solid. I think New Orleans. I think New Orleans, I'm, yeah, I'm impressed with what's happening with Jameis Winston. I don't want them to do anything, but I, I don't know. At least it's not Drew Brees anymore, I guess. That's one less guy remaining from 2009. In fact, the only guy left is Sean Payton at this stage. But uh, we'll say New Orleans is second. Atlanta's third for now. Atlanta's kind of losing it, obviously. So we'll see. Maybe they'll surprise people. NFC West... Oh, man, I, I, I want to say San Francisco. They, they are a dangerous team. It's a very good division. <laughs> NFC West is awesome. The Rams are super dangerous. Good, strong defense. And you got uh, Matthew Stafford. You got uh, Kyler Murray. Excellent young quarterback of Arizona. Maybe a little overrated, but he's, he's dangerous. He's got his big moments. Sometimes he'll make a mistake at the end of the game, but he can also be extremely dangerous, though. He can be very clutch. He's one way or the other with him, kind of. You know, it is what it is. You're, you're going for it, and sometimes it's intercepted rather than uh, the, the big play. Oh, man, this one's all, this division's almost impossible to pick. Some people might be like, duh, it's the Rams. Duh, it's Seattle. Seattle's not winning the division. Seattle's not winning the division, but they will be in the hunt. No question about that. San Francisco will be in the hunt. No question about that. Arizona will be in the hunt. No question about that. I guess the Rams. I guess the Rams, maybe the Vikings win over the Rams would derail their uh, NFC West championship and San Francisco pulls it off. I don't know what's going to happen with San Francisco, though. you got the young quarterback at Trey Lance or Jimmy G. Their defense is pretty solid. I'm going to pick the Rams to win the NFC West. <sighs> Just because I hate Seattle. San Francisco, number two. Seattle. I don't know. Damn, I want Arizona to be good. I, I, I want them to be good, but I, and I don't want them to beat us. Gee, many Christmas. Maybe San Francisco's last. Yeah, San Francisco's going to be last, even though they're dangerous, and I think they're going to beat us. It's just funny. We're Yeah, we're obviously playing that whole division this year. That's how the schedule goes. Um, it's like we're playing that uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincy division in the, uh, in the AFC. Jeez, I don't know, man. I'm having a hell of a time with this. It's tough. Rams win the division, though. I'll stick with that. After that, it's almost like pick them. I don't know, man. Uh, it's it's. I can't pick San Francisco to be last. Maybe Arizona will be. I'm gonna pick Seattle to be last. <laughs> I got a feeling Seattle will be last, but still they're gonna be still be like eight and nine, nine and eight, something like that. It's gonna be that kind of season, I think, in that division. So we'll look at it that way. Arizona will be second. San Francisco third. Stuff like that. Uh, there'll be a wild card coming out of that division. We'll come back here again. So Washington wins the, the East. Green Bay wins the NFC North. Minnesota second. Minnesota does get the wild card. Detroit, Chicago. Chicago third. Detroit last. So yeah, I almost forgot about that. Minnesota's wild card this year with a 10-7 and record. Green Bay will be a little bit better. It's just, uh, I don't know. I just feel that. It's Aaron Rodgers, okay? So I hate to say it. Washington, though, does win the NFC East. They'll be in the postseason, of course. Green Bay and Minnesota. Yeah, so it's Washington. Green Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay and the Rams. So then we get three wild card teams. Minnesota's one of them, yes. 
Boy, oh boy. Arizona is going to be one of them. Arizona is going to be one of them. So the last team will be, oh yeah, Dallas for sure. Okay. I wanted to, maybe I'll kick out Arizona and say the Saints. Nah. <laughs> nah. Arizona, Dallas, and Minnesota are your wildcard clubs. Go ahead and laugh. Maybe they're all stupid picks. Maybe you think Seattle's going to be 13-4 and four this year. I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, the AFC Championship game, I think we got a rematch here. And I'm hopeful that Buffalo gets it done this time. I hope they do. I think Buffalo is, is absolutely awesome. They might be the best team in the AFC this year. They're very much going to have a... They're, they're going to have a bye. They're going to be damn good. 13-4, and 14-3. But so is Kansas City. Love to see Cleveland or Baltimore make some serious damage. And one, one of them is going to be playing against Buffalo and or Kansas City. Maybe even both of them. You just never know how the postseason is going to shake out. But one of them will be playing Kansas City or Buffalo for sure in the divisional round. And something's going to happen possibly. But right now I will stick with Kansas City and Buffalo in a rematch. Oh boy, oh boy. I really want Buffalo. <laughs> I want Buffalo. I know they can do it, but it just stuck the way Kansas City shellacked them last year. I still like Pat Mahomes for the most part. Patrick Mahomes, pardon me. For the most part, I still like him. I don't like him as much as I did before, but I still like him. I don't know. Sometimes teams, yeah, guys get a little cocky when they start winning. And, you know, you start losing some of that, that you know, you start losing some of the humility that I, I used to love Pat Mahomes' humility for his talent, but it's starting to, starting to wear away, unfortunately. Oh, boy. But I think the Chiefs return to the Super Bowl. Three in a row for the Chiefs. Damn, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Buffalo in a lot of ways, too. I'm just getting really uh, wishy-washy here. Maybe they can't go to the Super Bowl three years in a row. Maybe Buffalo does go to the uh, Super Bowl. I'm, I'm going to go with that. It's yeah. I, I have to stick with it. Once I once I put it there, I got to stick with it. Uh, last year I had Kansas City losing to Tampa. I think I think I did, didn't I? Or I had Tampa in the AFC title. I can't even remember what happened last. What I picked last year, but I did have I did have them losing to somebody. I don't remember. Crap. I did have Kansas City losing the Super Bowl last year, if I remember. No, no, I had them winning. I had them beating either Tampa or New Orleans. I think that's what it was. Or Green Bay, actually. Green Bay, that's what it was. NFC. So, at a NFC Championship game will feature... This is going to be really crazy. Well, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay will be in the NFC title game. Tampa Bay will be in the NFC title game. Outside of that, who is going to compete against them? in the conference championship. We'll go with the Los Angeles Rams. Tampa Bay versus the Rams. I think we know who's going to win that one. Unfortunately for Rams fans, Tampa Bay will beat the Rams and go back, go go for a back-to-back here with the Buffalo Bills. But I think the Bills win the Super Bowl. I think the Bills end the curse, defeating the best quarterback ever in the Super Bowl. Obviously, multiple teams have beaten Brady in the Super Bowl. The Giants did it twice. The Eagles did it once. And I think the Buffalo Bills do it and win the Super Bowl this year, and we're, we get to see uh, Stefan Diggs holding the, holding the Lombardi with uh, Josh Allen. I think Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl. I, I just The AFC is going to win the Super Bowl this year unless the Minnesota Vikings have some kind of miracle magic, and I hope they do. Or Green Bay does, or something like that, or the Saints, or Tampa. Obviously, Tampa, there's, I just, yeah, I, what am I talking about, really? I think Tampa is the only team in the NFC that could win the Super Bowl right now. That's just my belief. I wish it was us. Damn, I wish it was us, and who knows? Maybe we'll be the New York Giants of 2021. That'd be great. But I think right now Tampa will uh, 
kickoff versus the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl, but the Bills actually come out victorious this time. So that's what I'm leaning towards at this stage. Buffalo Bills and the curse and win their first Super Bowl, and the Vikings still have to wait. Ugh. Ugh. Denver ended their four, four Super Bowl, you know, their 0-4 record, beating the Packers. Buffalo ends theirs beating the Bucks. Minnesota ends theirs beating uh, New England or something. I don't know. I'm just teasing. Maybe we'll beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, yeah, right. That'd be great if we did. With that, let's really quickly get to the Cincinnati thing before I ramble myself into a, oblivion here. I apologize if I've been going a little long, but it's the season preview. There's a lot to talk about. Cincinnati and Minnesota have only kicked off against each other 13 times since 1973. Great introduction. <clears throat> this is the 1973 Vikings, by the way. Are you ready for this? You hear this? 1973 Vikings. You know the team that went to the Super Bowl, but got beat by the frickin' uh, Steelers, if I remember correctly? Yeah. No. Miami Dolphins were there back-to-back in their little mini-dynasty. 27 nothing Cincy. What? The 73 Vikings got crushed 27-0 versus Cincy. Maybe we sat everybody out or something. I don't know. <clears throat> like, we got the NFC beat, you know, or yeah, we got it all wrapped up. 27 nothing. It was in Cincinnati, but 27 nothing. Wow. Tom, this must have been a Tommy Kramer game. In fact, I'll bet the house on this one. 1977, because Tarkington broke his leg earlier in the year. The, the Cincinnati 27 nothing introduction in 73 was on December the 2nd. I don't know. Maybe we had people sitting. We probably did. That's got to be why. We're like, screw it. We got it already. <clears throat> that had to be. There's no box score until the 1980 game. Another shout-out by Cincinnati, by the way. Uh, Minnesota in 1977, though. Tommy Kramer, Sammy White, and all those cool cool dudes, 42-10 to 10 in, uh, not in the U.S. Bank Stadium, not in Metrodome, but in <laughs> in Met Stadium, 42-10, to 10, a beautiful crushing of them, no box score available, 1980, October 19th, Cincinnati, 14 zilch in Cincinnati, ouch, but that was a very good Bengals team by then, 1983, Vikings beat the Bungles, and were 2-2 two and two versus them, 20-14, 1983, who remembers the 1983 Vikings? Anyone? Some of you. Unfortunately, I don't. 1986 Vikings, extremely talented team. Tommy Kramer was so good that year, but I believe he got hurt along the way. Great Vikings team that unfortunately, you know, it didn't end well. But we And we lost to the Bengals in Cincinnati. We always lose in Cincinnati, don't we? Interesting. Interesting. So 0-3 in Cincinnati, and at this stage, the Bengals were up three games to two. Minnesota then beat the Bengals in 89. This was the ultra... Couldn't have been this game. Could it? No, it had to be earlier. Couldn't have been Christmas Day. when. Uh, no, that was in November. I can't remember who the Vikings played that day when uh, there was the famous slash infamous uh, Jerry Burns rant where it was about 52 F-bombs, and I'm not even kidding. About 52 F-bombs in that press conference. It was a big number. Christmas Day, 1989, the Vikings beat the Bengals 29-21 in you know, at, at, at home. It was always, the home team always won up to this point from 73 to 89. 92, 92, the Vikings crushed the Bengals early in the season. That was the first time I saw Cincinnati because I started watching the Vikings in 92 full-time. I had them on once in a while in the 80s, but not as much, and I really wish I did. I was young in the 80s, obviously. I was a kid, but I was around. I was very much around and very much rare because I, I watched the 87 Twins win the World Series. But I just wasn't as into sports until the end of the 80s, unfortunately. And I wish I was. Gosh darn it. 
42 to 7. I vaguely, yeah, I do remember the Vikings crushing somebody early in the year, and that's when I started getting really excited. This is, again, full-time Viking fan, 92. So this is my 30th season watching the Vikings. That's a big number. 95, let's move quickly. Very frustrating loss on Christmas Eve. The Vikings finished 7-9. and nine. The Vikings were officially eliminated from the playoffs even before the game ended. And I still remember Doug Pelfrey making the kick to end the game. Doug Pelfrey made the kick to end the game. This was the Vikings, uh, the 92 game was the Vikings' first win in Cincinnati in franchise history. Pretty cool. That was the first time the Vikings beat the Bengals on the road. The Bengals, have they ever won in Minnesota? I don't think they have. I don't think so. I know the Bengals have never won in Minnesota. I do believe. At least they hadn't won yet. 98, unbelievable Vikings team, of course. Randall Cunningham went out with uh, an ankle injury and had some weird, like, bone chips in his knee. Suddenly, Brad Johnson came back and broke his finger. But the Vikings won 24-3. to But, yeah, he broke his thumb, pardon me, in that game. Heartbreaking for Brad Johnson. He's, he was furious after that game. Like, I can't believe this, you know? It was it would have been Brad Johnson leading the Vikings probably after that because uh, he looked pretty good. He looked solid. And he broke his thumb. He fell and broke his thumb. Son of a gun. He still quarterbacked the rest of the game and did well. Uh, Cunningham... Actually, no. What am I talking about? It was the week before where uh, Cunningham came in uh, with the knee. Yeah, this, this, yeah, Cunningham actually played in this game. Uh, it was Neil O'Donnell of Cincinnati. I apologize. Cunningham actually played in this game. My apologies. This is when he'd already shaken off the bone spurs and such. They uh, had cleaned him out. Yep, my apologies. <laughs> I didn't look at any box score. This is all memory here. Vikings crushed by Cincinnati in 2005. Carson Palmer, before he got hurt, was awesome. And I mean awesome. 37-8. to the 2005 Vikings stunk at the beginning of the year and got better as the year progressed and got competitive. 2009 Vikings defeat the Bengals 30 to 10, pretty cool. 30 to 10, pretty cool. Great team for the Vikings, and of course, no, this is not that one. Uh, but it was another impressive, easy win for the Vikings at Cincinnati. The Vikings got absolutely obliterated by defensive coordinator Mike Zimmer, and of course, a very you know young and. Uh, Young and excited, Andy Dalton had a great game as well. Vikings were just awful that year. Uh, 2013 was uh, Frazier's last stand, unfortunately for him. And the future Viking coach was on the sidelines, coaching one of his final games as a defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, whooping the crap out of us. Not surprisingly, unfortunately. We were just not having a good year that year. 2017, awesome Vikings team crushed the Cincinnati Bengals. Teddy Bridgewater suited up. Threw a couple passes, had a little tip interception, unfortunately. But he, that was his last couple moments as a Viking quarterback. Suited up for the Vikings in the blowout win as Case Keenum was taken out wisely on December the 7th. Vikings now lead the all-time series, uh, the all-time record 7-6. to six. Cincinnati has never won in Minnesota, and Minnesota has won once in Cincinnati. So hopefully we can make it two times. Vikings record in Cincinnati has not been pretty, has it? Really hasn't. So you had 0-1. 0-2, 0-3, and there it was, 1992, 1-3, 1-4, 1-5, 1-6 historically. So 1-6 historically in Cincinnati since 1973, again losing 27-0 in 1973 originally. But a 1-6 record in Cincinnati, can we uh, get the 2-6? I hope so, because you don't want to lose the season opener in Cincinnati. Could happen, though, unfortunately. So, obviously, history is not on our side. But I got to think the Vikings are the better team. And let's go. 
Let's go. If we play anything like we did in the preseason, ooh, heaven help us. It's going to be a bad year. But uh, I think think there should be uh, a winning record for the Vikings this year, 10-7. and seven. With that said, let's take a very, very brief look at the current Cincinnati Bengals, and I mean very brief. They're saying Joe Burrow's going to play. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, if he does, he does. Obviously, Joe Mixon's a running back. Brandon Allen would be the quarterback if Joe Burrow's not going to play. Tyler Boyd at wide receiver. They have some talented guys, obviously. J.M.R. Chase, T. Higgins, very talented group on the offense. We'll just have to wait and see. Unfortunately, again, Joe Burrow, ACL, midway through the year last year, after 10 games. So, of course, it's been less than a year. ACLs can usually heal in six months, and football players are tougher than basketball players. Joe Burrow wouldn't play until 2022 at the minimum if he was an NBA player, let me tell you. In his first 10 games, quarterback rating just under 90. Uh, accuracy 65.3%, two, uh, 2,688 yards, 13 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Very, very promising. He did fumble the ball 5 times and lost it 3, did Joe Burrow, obviously. So if he's the quarterback, we'll have to, well, you know, he, he's going to be tough competition because i got to think he's going to be better than he was last year, obviously, even though with the ACL, it depends on how skittish he is, I suppose. Otherwise, you got Brandon Allen, who was a 6th round pick by the Jags. Kind of all over the, I played for Denver, in 2019, three touchdowns, two interceptions, five touchdowns, four interceptions last year for Cincinnati as the season progressed. It wasn't a good thing, though. It was not pretty the rest of the year. Much prettier with Joe Burrow at quarterback, though they still lost a ton of games. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess, at the end of the day. Their defense has moments, and other times they just stink. So, yeah, Trey Wayne's at cornerback I think is very beatable. I'm just going to be honest with you. Alexandria did not have a good time there. Last season, it was a very frustrating year for Alexander, who's now back with the Minnesota Vikings. Always appreciate that. I mean, I'm thrilled that he's back with the Vikings. So, obviously, good news there. Cincinnati finished 4-11 and last year. Uh, they had a tie, 4-11-1 and last year. They were minus 113 in the net points. Kind of all over the place. Home record, 3-5. and Away record, 1-6. and They only won one road record. They won one division game. Four and eight in the conference, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, a team that could put up numbers, defense didn't really help a whole lot. And then as the season progressed, it just got worse, obviously, with, uh, you know, Joe Burrow being out. It just took the just took the life out of the Cincinnati Bengals, any life they may have had coming in. This is wrong. <laughs> Completely wrong. No, it's all messed up. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, it should be that one. There we go. Okay, I apologize. Five sacks for Carl Lawson. He was the leader. Not a whole lot going on. I mean, geez. Since, uh, Joe Mixon only ran for 428 yards. T. Higgins, 908 yards. Very talented guy, though. Uh, A.J. Green's ancient now. Ancient Green is what you could call him at the end of the day. It, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's talent, but it's limited. It's limited, obviously, and it's Cincinnati. Just it's not a good vibe. I do think the Vikings win. Final score, something along the likes of 28-14. to 14. Vikings win by two touchdowns over Cincinnati. Maybe that's hopeful, maybe not. But Cincinnati, obviously, shouldn't be scaring a whole lot of teams. They were 2-14 and 14 the year before, uh, before last year. And that's how they wound up with Joe Burrow with number one overall pick. So, we'll see. We'll see if the vibe changes. Hopefully not with, uh, against the Vikings. With that said, we'll take a break and get to fan interaction.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment, and of course the final segment of this season preview 2021 for the Vikings and the NFL. Hope you don't mind my predictions too much, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Fan interaction, we always open up with the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Want to thank Vince Germano out of Australia with that nice Cleveland Browns logo. <laughs> Retweeting the most recent episode, 345. Tying up loose ends 2021, so far this is 346. Malcolm McSween out of Cali also retweeted. And Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Thank you guys so much for retweeting. Malcolm also liked it. And and Dave Hickey liked it. Yep, Dave Hickey out of Iowa, also on Twitter there. Cool to have him on board on Twitter and on Facebook. One of the legends, of course, of Purple, Purple Mafia. Sebastian Barton. Sebastian Barton is back. Black Space is, uh, it's at Black Space 999. And, of course, he's also the host of the God, Sex, and Sin podcast, which I highly recommend. Highly recommend. I was saying, same predictable uh, offense, need I say more, of course, during the preseason. I believe this is the first one. Um, and Sebastian says, we'll be till eight is gone. Of course, that would be Kirk Cousins. And Sebastian said, I was saying for sure, I can't wait until that time comes. Sebastian says, we at least started the process. Manwich is gone. Mond is in. Yep, yep, I understand. But, well, he was gone. Now Manningham, uh, Mannion is back. Pardon me. I called him Manningham. Mannion's <laughs> back. Mannion's back. Yeah. But, well, neither one of them can throw. Uh, well, <laughs> when it comes to Mannion or Jake Browning, neither one of them really can throw more than 10 yards. That's the sad truth. Uh, Sebastian, let's see. I was saying, I, I hope so. I think Mond is a crapshoot at best. Definitely don't don't miss uh, Manwich again, Mannion. Sebastian says, Mond is a better passer than Coach Jackson. That was Tavares Jackson, a little less mobile. Tavares Jackson's no longer with us, though. Kevin McMahon out of Wisconsin does remind us that. Gotta love Kevin McMahon, of course. He is a, yep, he was the host of the Cheap, uh, Cheap Seats podcast. Unfortunately, he stopped doing it. Good show and good guy out of Wisconsin. He asks, isn't he dead? And, yep, Sebastian said, I believe so. And, yes, he died, he, he died on Easter Sunday, 2020. A lot of people died in 2020, but, uh, well, a lot of people die every year, unfortunately. So that's how that goes. Uh, Brownie makes Ponder look like Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's for sure. That's what Sebastian was saying again there. And I was saying, if Jake Browning is a backup quarterback, I got a bridge to sell you. He can't hit the broadside of a barn if I begged him to. Or if, if it begged him to, the broad the, the barn, the broadside of the barn, yeah. It's sad. He's not a number two quarterback. He's not. And then that was Sebastian's response that he makes, you know, Ponder look like Peyton Manning. Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, here we go. It picks up again a little bit. I said something that set off a little bit here. Not too much. I was saying, what got started? Yeah, Sports Fanatic said it's going to be a long season, folks. And then I, all I said here, and he just said it's going to be a long season, like it doesn't look good. All I said was, I feel the same, not confident. And then this guy named Jeremy, who I guess used to follow me, has the laughing emojis that drive me nuts. I hate that crap. God, yeah, I, I, I don't know why, but it pisses me off, actually. He says, just shut it down. Don't even play this year. And then Sports Fanatic responds with a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, man. You know, I mean, the guy, you know. It, it continues and it gets worse here, I, unless he deleted the tweets. I'm not sure exactly where it went. Where did he go? I think he might have deleted the tweets. I basically told him, you're, uh, he basically said, yeah, always panicking, you know, like he's just making fun of us. And I basically said, you're overreacting. Or, or, or I mean, you're the one overreacting here. I mean, you know, 
So he was saying, oh, there's, you know, there's almost no starters playing. And I said, actually, there's plenty of them playing. But whatever, I'd rather just move on from that. I don't know if it's going to pop up. He must have deleted something or he blocked us. I don't care. I, yeah, the guy was, the guy, he's, he's the kind of Viking fan that I don't like, actually. Like, you can't criticize the team. You're, you're a jackass. You're bad. You're just a panicking person who overreacts to everything. You're not a true fan. It's like BS. Sebastian says this will be a long season of the preseason is any indicator. Any indicator. <clears throat> I was saying if we have a successful season, fine, more power to us. But all I see is mediocrity right now. Again, so sorry I would dare to feel that way. Yeah, I mean, 10-7 and 7 isn't exactly setting the world on fire, is it? Sebastian says reminds me of the Ponder era. Yeah, um, 2012 was at least decent, but again, what happened? We lost in the first round in a blowout, so that wasn't a fun day. Again, Ponder didn't even play in that game, but I don't think he would have made a positive difference. I really don't. Um, now, who actually tweeted this out? Because I retweeted it from somebody. Let's see. Who, okay, Viking Central, our credit words do Viking Central, was saying Vikings gave up a fourth rounder for Herndon. Fourth round pick since 2015, TJ Clemmings. Whew. One of the, you know, he was rated as the worst tackle in the National Football League in 2016 when he had to start. Poor guy. Just one of those deals. Willie Beavers, who was actually cut out of training camp. He was a, fifth, a fourth round pick who was cut out of training camp and then kind of brought back and cut and then he just brought back and practice squad. And he, he just was never good. Uh, uh, Jaleel Johnson hasn't really panned out. I've seen worse, but he hasn't panned out. Jalen Holmes, same thing, hasn't panned out. Drew Samia has been has been terrible. Uh, he says everyone calm down. Vikings also Vikings also have three six round picks in 2022. Could easily move up. So I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, yep, I understand. And yes, a fourth round pick isn't going to kill anybody. One fourth round pick many years ago was Everson Griffin, and yeah, that was a really good one. We we've had a couple of really good fourth round picks, but yeah, since 2015, it's been crap. It's been pretty bad. Um, Everson Griffin wasn't the only good fourth-round pick from what I remember. Uh, I think there was another one, but I'm blanking. Now this guy. Oh, I see what happened. I just opened an extra tab when I didn't need to. Viking Central, we follow each other, which is nice. We're not like, it's not a one-sided thing. I appreciated Viking Central. That was a really interesting and cool statistic. I just closed Twitter. Wow, that was really smart. I don't think there's a whole lot left, but I'm going to pick it back up. I apologize for my stupidity there. So, yeah, that's not much more. Uh, Malcolm liked it. Kevin McMahon retweeted it. We appreciate that very much. Now it's acting up again. Who's what? What's going on? Are there ghosts in my computer? Silliness. So, there we go. Sam Gupta. That was after I had posted that uh, the 2021 season preview episode should be released by sometime this evening. And yeah, it's going to be because it is still September the 5th. Happy birthday, Marcus the Forecaster, of one in a million chances listening. Thank you, Sam Gupta, one of the greatest of all time, most loyal uh, fans of Purple Mafia, and listeners, I should say. Uh, I'm not worthy of fans, but listeners, yes, I appreciate you so much, Sam, uh, out of California. You're a, you're a great guy. Thank you, and uh, hope to hear from you more and more as the season progresses. Out of California, California A. Malcolm McSween and Sam also liked it. Sebastian Barton. Kind enough to retweet it. Thank you very much, Sebastian. Black Space and the God, Sex, and Sin podcast. There's another shout-out to that. And that would conclude the Twitter. I don't know why it's making it pop up. It must be because I'm pressing the button on the mouse. Where is the mouse, Garfield? Okay, sorry. That's an old episode of Garfield and Friends. Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple 
Mafia show. Yeah, more interesting statistics now on the Facebook page. They're getting more and more detailed. I actually like that. That's cool. Purple Mafia episode 345, Tying Up Loose Ends, is now available on Apple. Blah, 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 blah. You get the idea. And were there any, there was at least one comment and multiple likes and a, and a love or two. Thank you so much. Gerald Serang, legendary listener of Purple Mafia out of Nebraska, says, short and sweet. Thanks for the nice little update, Joey. Yep, it was about an hour, if I remember correctly, or slightly less. I like doing those. Those are fun little shows, the, the, the tying up loose ends. And I'm just feeling that Purple Mafia vibe again. Every August, it's like I just, I'm like, I'm going to come back. Nah, I just kind of feel like shutting down. And then uh, here comes the regular season, and it's just like, okay, the blood, uh, the heart's pumping again. I literally just shut down from June until God knows. I, I, I don't know why, but I, I just can't. And obviously I keep up with the, I have to keep up with the lawn service and, of course, the off-seasons for the Timberwolves and the, and the Wild. Uh, we all know how draft and free agency is with, with our teams, and we enjoy keeping up with that very much, and that's what happens with Timberwolves' explosion and Brave the Wild. Still fairly fresh episodes from the past few weeks, and literally nothing has happened with the Wild since uh, Kevin Fiala was able to get his one-year $5.1 million uh, contract of avoiding arbitration and uh, like a bridge contract into next year where hopefully you can get a nice long-term, at least five-year deal with the Minnesota Wild. Check out Brave the Wild. Very fun episode. <clears throat> recorded at the end of July when it was quite smoky outside. Let's see here. Uh, yep, this running back right here. And yeah, and doggone, he's hurt. So, But uh, Judd Zolgad was saying, watching Vikings rookie Kene Nwangu's speed and ability to, to turn the corner, you have to wonder if the team will create offensive opportunities for him. I can only imagine what Andy Reid would do. I'd get him on the field with Delvin in Wildcat and have 33 get him the ball. That could be very, very interesting. And, uh, yes, Mark Carlson's very, very excited. Lots of uh, Iowa Hawkeye fans listen to the show. Obviously, uh, Mark Carlson, I believe Mark Carlson's an Iowa Hawkeye fan. He hasn't officially confirmed it, but Dave Hickey has confirmed it many times. Many times. All you got to do is look at some of the pictures and you see the Hawkeye hat and shirt and all that. That program has put the whooping on the Gophers forever and ever, and ever, and ever. <laughs> you, you get the idea. So it's hard to not respect the Iowa Hawkeyes. They, I, I don't know. It'd be amazing if we actually won that, that little pig trophy again one of these days. But Mark Carlson says, I just keep smiling as I read this. And yeah, I mean, anybody from Iowa, yep, has got to love seeing Iowa Hawkeyes succeed on the Minnesota Vikings. And I hope he does. Oh, God, it sucks that he's, that he's banged up. But uh, we'll see what happens with Kenny. Nguangwu. <laughs> it's one of the tougher ones. One of the tougher ones. And ultimately, ultimately, pardon me, the injury was suffered on August the 19th <clears throat> with a hyperextended left knee. So that's unfortunate. Hyperextended left knee. So that's the situation there. Hopefully he'll be able to play during the season. He's on the short-term IR. Short-term. Along with Chad Beebe. And then we'll see some roster moves made after that. I, I feel for anybody out there that's on the roster now, and then they end up getting let go because, uh, you know, they got to be, you know, they got to be on the team for a couple of weeks or a couple of days, and then next thing you know, you know, they get let go because somebody got activated. I sympathize with anybody that loses their job that way. It's, it's got to be painful, but uh, hopefully they get scooped up and get a chance to play in the NFL with another club if that were to happen. But, uh, yeah, looking looking forward to Nuang Wu. I'm pretty sure I'm getting it right. But you get the idea. I'm not the, you know, I mean, I, I'm better at pronouncing some names than, than other people. But it, it depends on, I guess, I'm, I'm good at some and not at everything. Well, Dakota Dozier, it's just kind of funny. This was August 16th, which 
had to be, yep, August 16th after that awful Denver Bronco game. Yep, so the 19th was against, uh, well, the report was on August 19th, so that had to be in the Denver game. That's why we didn't see a whole lot of Nwango in the preseason. Yep, so that had to be after the Denver game. So, because I never, I, I didn't see it happen. And, you know, preseason, I watch, and then it's such an awful game, and I was not feeling well at the time. Let's just leave it at that. I was not feeling well, and I was quite, you know, out of it at the time because I was in the early stages of what I was going through at the time. So, yeah, let's just leave that there. Uh, Vikings right guards in yesterday's game. This was, again, around that awful Denver game. Dakota Dozier, 17 snaps, 20.9 overall grade, 24.9 blocking grade, 4.3 run blocking grade. So that's considered just really bad, I guess. Wyatt Davis, 49 snaps, 78.9 overall grade versus a 20.9. So Wyatt Davis obviously far surpassed uh, uh, <clears throat> Dakota Dozier. 59.7 pass blocking grade versus 24.9. And 77.6 run blocking grade versus 46.3. Um, Dakota Dozier are definitely a better run blocking uh, guard and well you know it is what it is uh, he's, he's well he's better at run blocking than pass blocking but that's guards guards are more of the run blockers tackles are the pass blockers but obviously you hope they can do both so that was the good news at the end of the day is that not just that Dozier wasn't that good Wyatt Davis obviously that's a good sign that after kind of a slow crappy start to his uh career in, in uh, you know, training camp and all that crap, and even before that into the minis and all that, the, the mini camps back in June, which I don't cover, um, which I don't really cover closely. I just listen and keep up, I guess. Um, <clears throat> Wyatt Davis definitely has improved and improved and improved. The complaint was, why is Wyatt Davis behind Dakota Dozier? Well, he's not anymore at the end of the day. That's for damn sure. Uh, I was saying preseason threat is here just for guys to comment a little bit. So got a little bit of commentary. Tene Brown, that's actually he's actually the most recent one. So let's go to the furthest back one with Gerald Swing out of Nebraska. He says, "Well, it's rather apparent we have no capable backup quarterback except maybe Nate Stanley. But for whatever reason, they won't give him a shot. Hopefully, reliable Kirk can continue to stay healthy. That's their only true chance. No other backup quarterbacks that I see could pull a Case Keenum type of miracle." I wish I, I wish there was, but yeah, out of the current roster, no. And they never did really did give State Stanley. Uh, oh, what am I saying? Nate Stanley, State Nanley, right? Nate Stanley, a chance they never really did. Leland, also out of Iowa, says a lot of money was spent on defense in the off season. So with that in mind, we should be a lot better on that side of the ball. Office didn't see a lot, a uh, whole lot of improvement. We got our home field home field advantage back this year, and yes, that stadium gets loud. I personally can attest. <laughs> With all that in mind, and a few unknowns, we could be at 12 wins or 12 losses. Optimism is great, but realism is too. I'm still excited for the season and the weekly podcast to return. Keep up the faith, Purple Mafia, and thank you very much. Yep, the weekly podcast is back since, well, it's Sunday night at the moment that I'm finishing this show up, and Guess what? Next Sunday night, I'll be finishing up the Cincinnati Bengals podcast, Viking Cincinnati Bengals game. So, it's back, <laughs> Tene Brown, and it's whether I like it or not, right? <laughs> no, and, and I do. I like it very much. In the summer, I just shut down, man, and then all of a sudden the blood starts pumping again. It's like, oh, it, it's September, you know. <laughs> Some people they would just keep going and going and going week in week out during the summer. I, 
with my current job status, I can't. But maybe someday. Maybe someday when I'm down to one job, that I, I could do that a little bit easier. Jenny Brown says, I'm a, yeah, I agree with him right away, just reading this first little sentence. I'm a big Wyatt Davis fan. Me too. Uh, I think he's going to be a stud. Can't wait for the season to get underway. Plenty to be optimistic about. Can't wait for week one. And I'm, I'm optimistic about uh, Ole Udo too. And one way or another, I think he's going to be a capable offensive lineman for the Vikings for many years. Uh, God willing, anyway. Uh, obviously staying healthy and all that good stuff, and he keeps up with things. But Ole Udo looks like a really, really, really nice draft pick. A uh, really nice six-round pick for the Vikings a couple years back. It uh, looks awesome. I believe 2019 draft. He looks really good. And again, playing out of position, he was more of a right tackle. Now he's playing right guard, and he's doing it. He, he did so good in the time he played. I was extremely impressed. I tweeted it out and got no response. I was hoping to get some response from people, but you know, especially a uh, topic like that, that's actually very, uh, you know, very positive versus me saying, oh, God, we don't look good, and then people getting pissed. Uh, Everson Griffin was returning to the Vikings, and this did generate some replies. Keith Hoven says, the best locker, the the best in the locker room better agree to stand for the national anthem. They'll be lacking some people in the stands. I'm on your side on that. I'll leave it at that. I am on your side about the uh, standing for the national anthem. I do support that. So, again, if that's why I've been losing listeners, I guess so be it. I mean, I'm, I'd rather speak... Uh, I'd rather just speak my point and move on rather than uh, people hating me. But I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, you don't have to agree. We don't have to be, we don't have, you know, out there, people out there don't have to agree. We can agree to disagree and still get along and still listen to each other's shows. Like I said before, I don't agree with Mackie and Judd's politics at all, but I still listen to their show. Just leave it at that. And there's plenty of other shows as well. Might not agree with their politics, but if their show's good and when they talk sports, I'm good to go. So we'll continue. Gerald String out of Nebraska says, Oh boy, this is getting interesting. Lots of talent there. If they can meld the culture and stay healthy. Wayne Runseth says, I would not bet on melding the talent together. Hmm. Must be a fan of a different team, but we'll find out. Gerald String says, LMAO. Yeah, I've been a Vikings fan for too long, I guess. There has always been... This has always been the best part of the season, what, the beginning? Oh, man. Well, sometimes sometimes the second round of the playoffs is very exciting, like the Miracle and stuff like that, you know, crushing the, you know, beating the Saints easily back in 2000 before we lost 41 Donut or getting rolling past the Cardinals in 98. I mean, you know, in the divisional round, at least we've won divisional round games in my lifetime. Uh, we haven't won NFC title games in my lifetime, though, no, and I'm 42, folks. 42. 42. I'm 42. Yeah. I was 13 when I became a full-time fan in 1992. So, again, 30th season, watching the Vi- uh, keeping up with the Vikings full-time, and, gosh, before you know it, it'll be 20 seasons doing Purple Mafia before you know it. What? By, I've lost count now, 2008, so it's about, yeah, this is year number 14. Wow. Wow, you're number 14, folks. Purple, Purple Mafia is an old podcast. It's old. <laughs> Gerald String responds with... No, Wayne... What the heck? Oh, he 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 he, he uh, commented twice to Wayne. Wayne Grunseth, uh, he comments to Wayne Grunseth saying, it's not a matter of if, but when they will piss it down their leg. Yeah. And then Wayne says, be nice if they would excel, but I'm betting against. Let's see where Wayne's from, out of curiosity, if it's uh, South Dakota. 
Yep, but there you have their friends. Apparently, they know each other, mutual friends, and all that. Uh, Gerald String. So, okay, cool. South Dakota. Wayne from South Dakota. Welcome aboard. And unfortunately, when I did that, it reset everything. Isn't that just great? No, so I gotta reset everything and go back where we need to be. Shouldn't take too long. Or should it? Yeah, everything likes to take forever. <laughs> but uh, that's how the, that's the nature of the beast. Uh, Mark Carlson says, like I mentioned in an earlier post, we're putting the band back together. And yep, that's the Blues Brothers and all that. Very cool. Really enjoyable. That was a cool movie back in the early 80s. We are definitely bringing the band back together. And that was before we brought Sean Mannion back. Sean Mannion, yep. Yeah. Aren't you excited? I tweet, uh, posted that Mike Golick, yeah, Mike Golick Jr. said Vikings and All-Pro Safety. Harrison Smith, Harry the Hitman, have agreed to a four-year, $64 million extension. Per source, the deal makes Smith the second highest paid safety in the NFL at the age of 32. But luckily it's a position. Because now I'm, uh, luckily it's a position where you age gracefully. You don't age very quickly. Like the quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers is 37 and he's still at the top of his game pretty much, I would say. Not sure Harrison Smith will be at the top of his game at age 37 when the contract's up, but I don't think he's going to be that far off. As long as he stays healthy, I don't think he's going to be that far off. Like a wide receiver, you're not going to be as good at 37. Cornerback, very doubtful unless you're uh, unless you're Daryl Green. I mean, he he kept up with and def and uh, pass deflected uh, a play to Randy Frickin' Moss, rookie Randy Moss in '98. Daryl Green, 38, and in you know he's 38 years old. Daryl Green of the Washington Redskins which is what the team was called at the time and all that. Um, okay, so let's see the comments on Harry the Hitman's uh, deal here. Jesse Ball simply says, too much in my opinion. It's a lot. Yep, Mark Carlson says, money to be one thing, but I want to keep this player on the team aggressive and passionate for the game. I agree there. Gerald String says he might be getting older, but he seems uh, but he's been my favorite player for many years. Glad we got to keep him around. Me too. Why can't it just say all comments? But I think it did show all of them. Yeah, it did. Okay. You don't know what that most relevant. Yeah, and there it is. Irv Smith likely to miss start of the season with uh, after meniscus surgery. Unfortunately, it's more than start of the season, though. It's probably the whole year unless the Vikings get deep in the postseason up to maybe the NFC title game. Irv Smith Jr. took the took the long route, and he should have. He should have. I mean, you know, you don't want to find out. It, uh, it, it's better... To lose this as much as it sucks, and it sounded like he was ready for a breakout year. Um, he was ready for a breakout year. He truly was, according to just about everybody. Um, he was going to be a huge part, like the third receiver, basically, and all that. Um, basically. Um, but what would you rather him? What would you rather he do? Go the short route, you know, just kind of snip off the, the 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 loose part, you know, so to speak. And then by age twenty nine, he's basically done. Like, he's just done. He's not even close to the same guy anymore. Or he gets it fixed up, and God knows, maybe age 33, he's still close to the top of his game, like some very talented tight ends have been. So I'd rather go that road. It, it really sucks. It's a sacrifice, but it is what it is. I just wish he never got hurt in the first place, but in a perfect world, he wouldn't have. Mark Carlton says next man up, and that would be Mr. Herndon and uh, Conklin and such. Tanae Wilson-Brown, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, says hopefully it's just the start of the season and not the whole season, but it's probably going to be. That was a few days before the uh, ultimate uh, decision was made to go hardcore in there. Vikings trade for tight end Chris Herndon. Herndon. 
during Irv Smith's, Irv Smith Jr.'s absence, and it's going to be a long one, unfortunately. But uh, welcome aboard Herndon, and uh, it's contract year for him. We'll see what happens. Gerald String says, Zim didn't sound too confident with the tight end depth in the last press conference. Could be rough without right, uh, Reef, Rudolph, and Smith. Doesn't sound like Derisaw developed like they hoped. And yeah, it's mostly he didn't heal like the way they hoped. His development is kind of up in the air because of it, but uh, his groin injury, the groin surgery, didn't co didn't cooperate the way they'd hoped, that type of thing. So uh, we're still waiting on Derisaw, uh, unfortunately. Mark Rollins is okay, I guess, about the acquisition of Herndon. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, but welcome aboard, Chris Herndon. Don't know how much... Um, okay, so... Welcome aboard, Chris Herndon. I don't know how much good you are. And I hope we didn't give up too much to get you. Skull Chris. Yep, well, we gave up a fourth and got also got a sixth back. So it's kind of like a swap. So it's not too bad. Uh, Dave Hickey says, once again, dealing with injuries before the season ever uh, before the season even starts. So actually, that one is before the, the previous comment that I made. But oh well, it's, it's hard to tell. It shows the same day. Again, I'll go back. Once again, dealing with injuries before the season even starts. I was looking forward for Irv to have a monster year two. He'll be out for the whole year two. You can't count on the bad luck. The Vikings, it's either six to eight weeks or the whole season. Uh, I'm almost callous to the Vikings' bad luck after being a fan for 50-plus years. Oh, I know it. I know it, brother. And that's been 30 for me now. Yeah, it sucks. Or 38th season, but you get the idea. It's been a while. And, uh, yep, 50-plus years, though. You got to see Super Bowls. Yep, Super Bowls. They're, they were a thing for the Vikings before. They, they truly were. Uh, yep, and now they say likely out for the season. Tanae Brown was upset. He had an angry face on the picture. Oh, no, that's Mark Carlson. Um, I was saying, I, I just knew it the minute I heard meniscus. Also, with somebody young like that, somebody young like that, you just knew it. You knew he wasn't going to make it. Um, you knew they were going to go the long road to make sure he's, you know, back to 100%. Tanae Brown says 100% thought it was going to be his breakout season. Damn. I did, too. And it ended up being depressing at the end of the day. So, the Vikings are cutting punter, Britt, and Colquitt. I got pretty pissed off. I was saying, this is getting out of control. Time to get a new coach. I'm saying it here right now. Unfortunately, whoa, 13 comments. 13. 13, I guess so, because I I uh, disrupted the apple cart a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, I was ticked off a bit with the whole thing. I was. Unfortunately, it's just, yeah, we'll see the responses. Mark Carlson says, here we go again. Punders and kickers, I guess we don't need them. Jay Grupinski says, it's Spielman, not the coaches, for your information. When I was mad about the uh, the cutting. Well, you don't think Mike Zimmer's cut people before? Or has, like, strongly recommended that you cut people? I, I would say so. I'm not angry with you. Yep, and just like Jesse Ball says, I'm sure the head coach gets a say, and he does. He absolutely does. Jay responds with, I'm sure he does with the final decision for the team and players comes from the GMs. That is the head coach, his responsibility to coach the team, how it works in the big leagues. Well, he, coaches cut players. They, they do. I, I know general managers can cut players, but coaches cut players in the NFL. Big, I mean, absolutely they do. Uh, Trey Buckle said Zim had, had been the best thing this franchise has done. Ever? Are you sure? You don't think uh, Bud Grant's a little better? 
Uh, he said, literally looked looked up to by many coaches and players in the league. It's just the Monday morning quarterbacks that don't like him. Well, it's not even if I don't like him. Uh, Jesse Ball says he shrinks in the big moment like Kirk. No Silver Bowl with, with these two in charge. Yeah, I kind of agree with Jesse there. And it's okay to have uh, disagreement. I, I know Trey said he's a loyal listener, and I appreciate you very much, Trey. So don't definitely don't go away. Keep commenting. You know, I mean, we've agreed on many things. We've disagreed on a few things. It is what it is. I uh, appreciate hearing from you, Trey, and uh, keep him coming. He must be from South Dakota. Looks like he was a friend of, uh, yeah, he's a friend of um, um, Tony Coleman. I Boy, I miss that guy. I really miss Tony Coleman, and he said he hasn't had time to listen really anymore. I hope I didn't... Uh, Hope I didn't annoy him at all, you know, because we, you know, we have different political opinions. A lot of us do, honestly. I, I hope I didn't. I miss you, Tony, just in case you're listening. I, I don't think Zim is the best thing this franchise has ever done. I don't. He, he, he might be the second best coach in franchise history. So, I mean, and I, I don't mean to hate on him, but I don't know. There's definitely major flaws, though. There, there really are. Uh, every coach we've ever had really has major flaws, except maybe Bud Grant at the end of the day. Dave Hickey responds, uh, or actually jumps in with his with a thread here and says, "WTF? You cut the long snapper, the, and the punter who I didn't think was too bad, who was also the holder for the kicks, and you keep the kicker who is horrible. Yeah, it's weird because yeah, Greg Joseph doesn't do much for me. I, I don't think he'll last the season. Honestly, I don't think he has a prayer in you know what. Uh, Derek Scott says, or he's responding to Dave Hickey, says, and that's why the Vikings are always a mediocre team. Poor management." And Dave says, I can see that. Yeah, so, yeah. Welcome aboard, Derek Scott. I believe that's the first time I've seen him on here and hope to hear from you some more. Tyler Kennedy and Miles Burs, uh, Buskirk also look like new names here. Gerald String says, our special teams just haven't been very special the, fast, for the last few years. Tyler Kennedy says, you talking about the Vikings or the Huskers? Oh, oh no, Nebraska, that's funny. And then uh, a couple of replies here. Miles responded to Tyler saying, damn, you beat me to it. And Gerald says both. Yep, and they were all kind of laughing and having a good time there. They must be all from Nebraska, I take it. Yep. Cedar Rapids, Nebraska. That sure sounds like Iowa, doesn't it? But yep, Cedar Rapids, Nebraska. And he's wearing his Nebraska warm-up there. Cool. Good luck to the Nebraska uh, Cornhuskers. I have nothing against you at all, even though we're in the Big Ten. Gopher football doesn't excite me as much as I'd like it to. I, I would like it to really excite me. I would like to feel confident, but the chances of the Gopher football ever winning a, ever winning a national championship are like, what? You know what I mean? Like, are we ever going to break through and beat teams like Ohio State, Michigan, even Iowa? Uh, teams like, you know, are we ever going to beat Alabama? You know what I mean? Clemson, Georgia, you know, you know LSU, who I don't like at all, but there's a lot of teams I don't like. I don't like Alabama either. Ugh. Go uh, <laughs> War Damn Eagle or, or the Wyoming Cowboys. There we go. Those are the other college teams I like personally, uh, generally speaking, when you're talking about college football. But I don't really get into it much. I'm an, an NFL guy. I don't have the time or energy to keep up with all that. Um, but, yeah, the purple code, yep, so it's a roster update. Everson Griffin has been re-signed. So it's kind of like back, uh, yep, so it's like uh, multiple uh, multiple different threats, or it was official in this case. Tony Brown says, playing football for the, playing for the first time this year, I wanted to be, I, I wanted to be 97. 
playing football for the first time this year. I wanted to be 97, but someone already has the number on our team. Glad he's resigned. One of my favorites. So you wanted to wear 97, just like uh, Everson Griffin today in New Zealand there. Dave Vicky says, good. I don't know how they keep Jalen Holmes and cut Griffin and Mata Afa, who actually do something when they got it. When they got a shot, Holmes is horrible and does nothing. Gerald String says, I think he tried out for punter and won the job, I bet. Yeah, maybe. And yes, Gerald, this is when, uh, yeah, because uh, it's September 1st in this case, Everson Griffin is officially brought back. And yes, he is going to wear number 97. Him and uh, Tom, uh, Tomlinson made a deal. Tomlinson is wearing number 9, though. I hope that's not going to be the final decision. That looks sort of kind of weird. I don't know about uh, having a three technique wearing number 9. Uh, he ain't Tommy Kramer. He ain't Jim McMahon. He's he's a, he's a defensive tackle, damn it. It's kind of weird. So the Vikings did decide to punt uh, Britton Colquitt. They cut him. They brought him back for a split second and cut him again. And I brought in a former Steeler here, like I was talking about earlier in the uh, first segment. Welcome on board. <laughs> That's all I can say about that is welcome on board, I suppose. A couple comments here. Let's see what they say. Mark Carlson was saying, let's wait till the last minute. Yeah, it's crazy. And I said, yeah, it's getting weird. It's getting weird. Waiting till the last second. Um, trying to remember. Yep. It's, it's insane what, what happened. Yep, Jordan Berry. That's what, yep, and he's from Aussie. He's from Melbourne, Australia, too, of all places. So, Vince Germano, that's uh, one of your own there. The 2021 season preview should be released by sometime this evening, and it's going to be released extremely soon now. Uh, Mark Carlson says, this ought to be good. With all that is going on, I'm just waiting for the next big announcement on who we are bringing back as we are putting the band back together. Maybe a former coach? And then I was like saying, that certainly has gotten weird. Maybe Fodor Vez will come out of retirement. And, yep. He wasn't the most uh, accurate guy after uh, 50 yards, but later in his career, he got better at it. It was crazy. Extremely accurate right in front of the 50 yards. Dave Vicky says, can't wait to hear it, Joey. You do such a good job. And thank you so much, Dave. God bless you. You know what? For your kindness, your loyalty, your awesome comments, Dave Vicky, Mark Carlson, you are sharing the gold star for this episode. Iowa rocks. Love you guys. <laughs> I love Iowa. And Minnesota Vikings. You know, Iowa loves Purple Mafia, and Purple Mafia loves the state of Iowa. I love you guys very much. Uh, Janae Brown, a gold-plated silver star. Awesome, awesome comments. Really appreciate you and your inclusion on the show and the passion. Gerald String, bronze, bronze, silver-plated bronze. You get the idea. You guys are awesome. Trey Buckholz and uh, I forgot the other guy. I, I appreciate the devil's advocate approach, though. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, who was? Oh, Jay. Yep, Jay. I, I appreciate you guys for your uh, devil's advocate approach. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. We can't all agree all the time. It's actually good that we don't. Otherwise, it's not the best radio. So... Disagree with me a little bit out there. It's okay. It's okay to disagree. It's okay for me to disagree, too. Um, keep it coming. Don't go away. I don't hate you at all, of course. I mean, just <laughs> a lot of radio shows, people call in and disagree, and, and they don't hate each other. They just don't agree on things. Heck, uh, you, listen to, you listen to the Soda Pot. It's a hockey show. Woo! I mean, the, the guy named Scott on that show, State of Hoppy, he is nothing but devil's advocate. He's the, he's the, he's the co-host with... Uh, uh, Isha Jerome out of uh, Canada there, Vancouver. Woo, he is the king of devil's advocate. So it, it's 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 okay. It's okay to disagree. Adds uh, more layers to the show. Really appreciate you very much. Again, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show is the Facebook account. Really appreciate it. Please uh, join on board if you haven't yet. I'll put links in the show description. 
Also, my God, what's wrong with me? The Vigit application. Here I go mentioning it at the end of the show. Boy, that would drive people crazy, and I apologize for that. Uh, Vigit application. It is basically free sports betting without using real money, of course. There, I finally got it here. I apologize. I buried it under a bunch of paperwork here. Ugh. What are they? Um, basically, it's social media for sports bettors. It, it's an application for Apple and Android. Uh, you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. The Vigit Betting League's month-long betting competition to see who is the best sports better over the course of a month. Free-to-play sports book, bet-free goings, win real prizes. Betting stats, there is great information available on Vigit, on the Vigit like line movement where the public is betting. So, like, that's real stuff. So right there, you can use it as a cheat sheet for, maybe you are betting real money out there. Use it as a cheat sheet. But what's really important, again, this is not real money wagering. It is not real money wagering. It is basically play money, and it's it's not an opportunity to get rich, anything like that. It's basically just, you know, hey, you know, it's competing against each other. It's kind of like fantasy betting, just like fantasy football and all that. It's fantasy betting, you know, who's the best, so to speak, maybe with, maybe you can bet your own money with each other behind the scenes, just like you do with fantasy football, like, Oh, wow, you won this month. There's 10 bucks, or here's 50 bucks, or whatever the heck you want to put in a pool. You can treat it that way. But on the application itself, you are not uh, betting real money. That's the whole point. Vigit, V-I-G space I-T. Uh, look it up. That'll also be in the uh, in the show description, along with the final thing here that i got to mention, other than please write a sports, uh, write a sports, write a positive rating on iTunes. Stitcher or Audible, if you could. Those are the three applications that you can actually uh, review the show, and I'd appreciate it so much. Five star, tell us what you like, maybe what you like improved, this and that, but please support the show that way. Greatly appreciated. Uh, obviously, no money involved at all. You're just supporting and making it look attractive, so to speak. Um, final thing, though, I'd like to hear your voice with mine again, just like uh, Dave Martin has done many times. Hope to hear from him some more out of Northern Scotland. Uh, we had a couple of interactions during the summer, but not too much, unfortunately. I'd kinda, I always just kind of shut down, and I'm sorry. I should be more active. But, of course, when news breaks, I do tweet out and post in Facebook and all that. I, I, I try my best to keep up with it. I'm probably a little behind others, but, again, it's not about breaking news with me. It's about passing on news and discussing it, that kind of thing. Like, Everson Griffin signed. You know, he signed 45 minutes ago. He didn't sign 45 seconds ago, 45 minutes ago. So I still keep up reasonably well. Most of the time, not always, because sometimes, you know, sometimes you're caught up with other things in life. Uh, but what I was trying to get to was getting your voice on here with mine. That is called an audio submission in the podcasting world. Since I uh, don't have a phone line anymore and it's not really necessary, just simply use your smart device, your smartphone, whatever the heck, or iPad or whatever the hell you use, Galaxy Tab, but generally, it's, uh, or even your, your laptop or whatever, uh, but uh, any free voice recording application out there, which would probably be on the phone more than likely, open it up, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Again, that'll be in the uh, show description. Uh, I will then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to zumzar.com. More than happy to give them a free plug whereas uh, they give me a free service for the show simply by the file's not very big, so I can convert it into an MP3 file for free. So very happy to give them a free plug in return just because. And obviously that's if you want to convert files into, you know, like sound files into something else. 
they can uh, provide that. And if it's a large, 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 large file, uh, then you then you join a subscription and pay a, a fee, a monthly fee in that case. With that said, well, very happy to have football season back again. I hope I'm wrong about ten and seven in a positive way. I hope the Vikings are fourteen and three, thirteen and four, division champs, first round by home field advantage throughout the NFC postseason. And then it's Vikings Bills, and we're the one that ends the curse, and the Bills will lose their fifth Super Bowl. What do you think of that? Or somehow we beat the Chiefs. Somehow we beat the Chiefs. It'd be nice if we did. I'd be very happy if we did. But uh, maybe Buffalo will take care of that for us, and, for, and we find a way to beat them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't have a performance like we did back in 2018 versus Buffalo in U.S. Bank Stadium. Whew, don't have that kind of game again. Whew, I never want to see that the rest of my life. That was awful. Awful. But, uh, boy, that was a harbinger for things to come with how great Buffalo was going to become in the next couple of years. <sighs> Again, great to have you guys on board. Great to be back. Sorry I'm always away so damn long during the summer, but I'm just, it is what it is. I get tied up, and I'm still kind of tied up, but uh, I make time, obviously, on the weekends for this show as it's football season again. God bless all of you. God bless the Vikings. Stay healthy, and let's go. 2021, here we come. Mm-hmm.